podcast. I'm so excited tonight. For real. I, man, I've been following your stuff for quite some time now, and I'm excited to have you. Chris Heck Newhart yeah. in the building. Some people call you the man, the myth, and the legend. <laughs> I'm just, Man, you've had quite the 2020. I think of anyone that I've been following locally, I mean, you you got to be up there for killing it. Heck yeah, I appreciate it. It means a lot. Yeah, everything you've been doing from meeting Jackie Chan and doing, like, being able to have the opportunity to, you know, meet him and just be around that environment to, you know, getting interaction with cash money and, oh, dude, it's it's been a crazy year for you. For real. <laughs> so tell me, like... Wild, not mild. <laughs> right? <laughs> so tell me, like, what... What has been the difference for you? Because, like, you know, a lot of people have been struggling through 2020, but you've been able to stay positive with a happy message and still seeing this awesome progression. You know, what what is it that you're doing that's really keeping you, you know, above that line of, you know, falling into the COVID craze and the, you know, the 2020 madness? Heck, yeah. Yeah, I appreciate you asking that because um, it is uh, pretty awesome that we're still afloat with all our businesses um, we have the restaurant Irie Coffee Teas and Bobos on uh, West Jordan, and with that staying open during COVID, I mean Fox News even came out uh, a few months after COVID and did a special on businesses that are still open during COVID, and uh, we were blessed that it played like right after the governor did like a big speech about COVID. And then it's over, and then, hey, here's businesses that are still open during COVID. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, they played it over the weekend, and they played it a few weekends over the summer. and um, But that was actually like a few months after COVID. So, how, um, so, I mean, that helped, you know, a good amount. But before that, I mean, we just, you know, try to stay positive. You know, I mean, uh, a lot of great companies have been built out of recessions and depressions. So it's just, I think we've had that advantage of having social media over other eras of businesses. So we're able to stay in people's faces, you know, and, and consistency is key. So, I mean, we just constantly post and we have specials and deals and uh, uh, we stayed open, I think, longer than we normally did with the hours and the days. And, uh, and, and we do events, uh, we do a lot of charity events uh, we used to go to a lot of charity events, you know, pre-COVID, but this year we've been, you know, trying to bring awareness or raise funds uh, through our restaurant or production company. And uh, the past three years, we've been official golf sponsor for Operation Underground Railroad Golf Scramble. And I've uh, been blessed to meet Timothy Ballard, the CEO of it. And and um, we've helped raise, I think, $75,000 a year those three years. And uh, this year, um, we were blessed to uh, partner up with the Ronald McDonald House Kilts for Kids and raise funds and awareness for them. And, uh, and we just, uh, we've, we've done, uh, like I said, charity events. We've been doing a lot of paint nights, uh, arts and craft nights where people can come and wrap stones and, um, and the different paint nights. We do like acrylic pours, we do like hand drawing, uh, all different types of you know paint forms so it's uh, we, and we've been staying in the guidelines everyone's been wearing masks no one's been getting sick um, so we just uh, are so grateful to the community and and uh, people still supporting us because 
we're, we're pretty worried, you know, that either COVID was going to shut us down, the state, the government. Um, but thankfully, uh, we've been able to stay within the guidelines and, and prosper and just, you know, be positive on social media. And um, I think a lot of people now during COVID, you know, if you look at the algorithms, people want to see positivity. They're tired of the negativity and the drama, you know. So, you know, we're just always trying to, you know, make people feel good. If you look at our reviews, so like I feel like I'm in my living room at home with family, you know. Right. So we just try and make you feel good and drink something good. And if you feel good, you do good. You Absolutely. Know? So. And I really, I really think that goes to show a lot to your character that not only are you able to overcome and like adapt to these crazy situations, but you're, you're still taking the time to give back to your community one way or the other, whether it be through the Ronald McDonald or the Underground Railroad. And, you know, as someone who really like, I try to do as much as I can to help the community as well. Like I, a lot of respect to you. I mean, that's, it, we live in a time now where a lot of people are giving up and a lot of people are just For closing real. down and falling into that you know, that sadness because of COVID and, you know, they might even be losing their business, but, oh, yeah. you know, to stay strong and to keep that positive, you know, that positive vibe and that whole entire, like, Hey, if we're doing well, let's try and give back how we can. I mean, that's, hats off to you, man. I mean, Appreciate it. It means a lot. It means a lot to my family. Like I, it brings me so much joy to see how happy my wife is to get the toys for tots. I think this is our fourth year and to mm -hmm. see the, the um, boxes just fill up and overflow, you know, so it's just, uh, I think at the end of the day, it's, you know, it's, it helps you sleep so much better and feel so much better that you've given back and helped people. And we love doing different kinds of stuff for kids. Uh, one year we went to elderly home with a local cosplay uh, charity group out here. There's a couple of them. Um, this one was with uh, Travis Hassel of, I believe, um, the Legacy Initiative, and uh, they get a bunch of people that dress up as like Wonder Woman, Superman, Spider-Man, and they go and feed the homeless, or, so cool. yeah, like we went with them one year and hung out with the elderly during Christmas, and uh, it was so cool, this older gentleman shook uh, Batman's hand, he's like, I never got to shake Batman's hand before, <laughs> you know, and it's right. like, man, those were the people that grew up on the comics, you know, yeah. the original comics, you know, so... It's just, it's, I, I, I don't know why a lot of people wait till they're older to do charity stuff, but somehow we've been able to just make a lot of fun with it. So I'm, I'm just glad we're able to do it. You know, I'm glad we're still open and, and being able to be a part of things like that, you know, so I'm, I can't wait for the future stuff. You right. Know? And I think too with charity is like, you know, I think people our age and a little bit younger kind of don't realize how impactful it is even 10 minutes out of your day to go to a elderly home or go to, you know, kids who might be a little, might be in a bad or, or worse situation themselves and just give them time. Like, you don't have to have money. You don't have to have, like, these crazy expensive things to go do it. Like, just go, just go hang out with them because, you know, people get lonely. For real. Sometimes just an ear to talk to, like, really can change someone's life. For real. And uh, I'd like to use a lot of our social media platform to give a voice to people that normally don't get media coverage and do things that a lot of media do doesn't really worry about. And one of the things I'm proud that we've done is we've got a lot of celebrities to do like anti-bullying messages, 
and especially at uh, FanX, because a lot of celebrities come from TV and movie and even music now. Yeah. And uh, we usually have one twice a year, once a year. So, um, you know, shout out to Dan Farr for always helping me and believing in me and uh, let me interview him and, and get celebrities to do this anti-bullying message. And uh, Sean Ray's attorney general did it. And, uh, and so I love like trying to leave a, a positive social footprint and hopefully one day change the world. You know, everyone, you know, wants to make money and, you know, everyone wants to have a successful company and stuff. And so do I. But then I want to do a little bit more and just make money, you know, with my life. So, right. you know, hopefully, you know, uh, can change the world in, in one way or another just by doing random acts of kindness and being the change that I want to see in people and hopefully people just follow suit and I know a lot of them do and a lot of them donate you know to a lot of things that we do and that's why I love is like on Facebook when we post pictures of like if we interview the chief marketing officer Ronald McDonald House we posted the picture of it and I think that picture raised like $150 or something wow. towards Ronald McDonald House and it's like just that picture of us talking you know what I'm saying? Meeting each other, you know, raised money. Right. You know, so it's just like, I, I love, you know, doing that stuff and not even keeping track of it. God knows how much we've done and I don't even know or care. I just right. do it for the fun of it, not to sit here and be like, we've raised this much for this charity, this much for that one. This, you know, I don't even know anymore. I just love doing it, you know. <laughs> that, that's what, I think that's also another reason why you're going to continue on this path is because there, there's a lot of people who do these things and slyly kind of expect something in return and there's not a lot of people who just do it out of the kindness of their heart and you know it really shows when people who do do it just because they want to help and because they can like it people notice that people Heck, do yeah. notice that and i think that's super important especially you know as you progress and as you get bigger and bigger you know the, the charities are going to become bigger and bigger and bigger and it's just it's cool to see the progression i'm excited to see where you end up in the next couple of years because you know, the impact you're already making is huge. Appreciate um, it. It means a lot. It's only going to get bigger and bigger as you go. Heck yeah, That's I'm cool. excited. <laughs> so I'm, I'm excited to watch it. Hopefully, I would love to get involved and help too. Yeah, I was going to say, if you ever want to come down to our restaurant and do an event with us, we'd be more than happy yeah. to have you and your audience participate and, and figure something out. We're always, you know, trying to do something fun right. with the community. And it doesn't matter, you know, what kind of music, what kind of culture, what kind of class you're from you know we just love you know we're from the south so we just love bringing people together right. and seeing what happens you know <laughs> I, I actually had the opportunity to go down to uh like texas louisiana area man people are awesome Heck and you get yeah. down in that southern area of just america and people are so loving and caring i wish the rest of the world could for real a lot of people are like how are you doing i'm like blessed in yourself and and not a lot of people hear that out here. And it's like, you know, a lot of people talk like that in the South. And, you know, they're just, you know, appreciative of what they have most of the time. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I just try to bring that everywhere I go, you know, and just, it's not always easy. I mean, I, I think this is the first interview I've done since my dad died. And, uh, you know, that's, that's uh, been pretty wild, like, you know, I, I literally, I think, didn't leave my bed for like a week. And uh, and I was feeling really, really bad about it because I'm used to, 
you know, helping myself, helping my family, helping my community, helping, you know, doing stuff, doing stuff. And, but my body just, you know, couldn't do it. You know, I just had to like take that time out and like, even through that time, you know, I think that's one of the hardest times because I'm not used to death, but somehow I still, you know, I stayed more positive than negative. And I think it's, you know, it's just your will, you know what I'm saying? Like fear and negativity and positivity and happiness is like a frequency you know and it's like a radio you can either tune in and get stuck or tune out you know and switch back and forth or whatever but you know it's not easy staying positive but i think it's just so much better than uh being negative all the time and just you know that energy energy creates energy you yeah. know and so if you're just sitting there being negative then negative stuff's gonna happen or all you're going to see is negativity. You know what I'm saying? When positive things do happen, you're not going to see it as much because you're just focused on that, you know? So uh, it's not easy staying positive all the time, but it's worth it, you know? Yeah, I'm, no, I'm sorry for your loss. I mean, Heck yeah. It's, it's never easy losing someone you care about, but, you know, like you said, it's one of those things where you could, you know, you could easily slip into that that deeper depression and you know the smaller things that are happy and really positive in your life you'll skip over them because you're just so far in that in that hole so you know it's for real if you don't appreciate the small things how are you gonna appreciate the big things exactly you know exactly. so <laughs> yeah I mean it's I don't know I'm excited to see what's next for you because I mean I was just talking to you before this you had the or I mentioned it at the start of the show you had the opportunity to now, I explain to me what all happened. You got to do time with putting you on my IG for Heck your yeah. viewers. <laughs> <laughs> you got to spend some time with Jackie Chan. Heck yeah. Now, I don't get to say that a lot, actually, ever. <laughs> I've never said that before. I've never got to talk to someone who's met Jackie Chan. I kind of feel like I'm fanboying a bit because, like, I, like a lot of people, I grew up watching all of his movies, even some of the ones that were you know, foreign films and, you know, watch this cartoon and growing up and all that. So like, what, how did you, A, get into that position? B, like, <laughs> what kind of interactions did you get to have with them? Heck yeah. Yeah, um, that was like one of the most amazing things in my life. Like, it was so wild. One of my friends who was associated with the production of it, probably um, about a year ahead of time told me, he's like, Jackie Chan's coming to Utah, you know, but um, he didn't give me all the full specifics until, you know, it's like little breadcrumbs over time and everything. And, um, and I was like, man, I would love to cover that. And uh, he's like, yeah, there's no guarantee I can get you an interview. And I was like, I'm not even asking for a guarantee for an interview. Just get me in the door. I'll right. figure that out, you know? Right. <laughs> and, um, and as time went on, um, we just kept in contact and kept talking about it. And um, uh, me and my wife have a local production company that we started out in Florida about 13 years ago. Uh, Grill Mafia Entertainment LLC or GME Productions for short, uh, which is I got on my sweater <laughs> and um, so I started doing um, a lot of charity promotion work um, helping out charities for free and like working on their social media and 
And so I was reaching out to anyone, everyone about this charity, um, Shiro's, uh, with Celeste Gleave out of here, out of Utah, and Sue Melke helped her create a production company called Super One Productions. And so I reached out to um, Mark Rowe of Soul Central Magazine, uh, TV and Radio out of London. And he was like, oh man, you know, this is great. And he actually, he was the first person to publish something about the charity for free right after I talked to him about it. I went to bed and woke up and he had published something, I think, on his uh, website. And it was like, wow, you know, That's like crazy. that blew me away and that was so nice of him. And, and so he was like, man, I was looking at all your stuff and all the stuff you guys do. And he's like, how would you and your wife like to come and uh, be journalists for my magazine? And uh, write articles and put your pictures in the magazine and stuff and I was like man that'd be amazing you yeah. know thank you so um, you know started at Seoul Central Magazine um, this is actually my first media press pass um, and then I think after one or two years and changed colors you know to make sure that you yeah. know these people are still current and not going around you know if they got pretending to be yeah, yeah. and so um uh, I was uh, doing, we were doing that at the time too, which I thought was an amazing thing for a production company because now we didn't just have people in Utah seeing us. We had people not just in London, but that magazine's in like five different countries. Right. And from at the time, I believe it was like over 300,000 subscribers from around the world, basically. And so um, we were covering like Alex Boyer and got our stuff in there and uh, he was nice and did a lot of, covered a lot of our charity events, even for damn celebrities and stuff. And, right. and, uh, and then that opportunity came up with Jackie Chan and so um, my friend um, helped me get in and then uh, I, me and my wife were covering the event and then he was speaking and then we went into another room and there was an auditorium and he was sitting there and, and they were talking and then the guy that was hosting the event was like, does the press have any questions? And I'm in the back of the room against the wall recording. My wife was sitting down recording. And so I'm just like running down the aisle as fast as I can with my hand up. <laughs> <laughs> just like me, me, me. And I, I wasn't screaming me, 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 but I was just like going down there like this. And then I got down there and Jackie Chan acted like he was going to throw me his microphone. And, um, and then uh, his photographer gave me a microphone and I was like, uh, Chris Newhart, Soul Central Magazine, TV and radio, this question is for Jackie Chan and anyone else that wants to answer. What are you most excited for in the next five years with what you're doing? And he went off for probably like five minutes. Oh, so cool. Yeah, and it was just like, it was amazing. Like all the stuff he said. He was just like, you know, I'm really into journalism and TV and people that cover charity stuff and you guys doing what you guys do. And he's like, you know, I uh, broke so many uh, cars and houses and furniture and glass making these movies and stuff that I wanted to give back and take recycled garbage and turn it into art. And uh, he just gave us so many uh, kernels of wisdom and and uh, he was so nice, like later on he gave my wife, uh, he was handing out to kids and gave my wife the last one, a ruler that he had took film from his old movies and instead oh. of throwing the film away, they put in rulers and was giving it out to kids and erasers from Japan and, and uh, Japan or China, I forget which one, but it had the writing on it. 
and uh, he gave my wife the last one, but um, yeah, I just asked him, he went off for like five minutes, and and then uh, it was just so amazing, and and when he was done, uh, I, I stepped back, and they let like two more people ask questions, and then after that, I was like, I went up to his photographer, and I was like, can I get a picture with him? Because you couldn't even pay to get a picture with him at right. this event. Like normally maybe five hundred, a thousand dollars and then I get donated to charity or whatever, but like they weren't even doing that. So I was like, you know, can I get a picture with him? And he was like and he looked around, and he was like, Yeah. And I was just like, oh, Wow, man. this is it. Oh, like videos so cool. one thing, but you know, a picture. And so, um, and it was so funny because I told the CEO of um, Soul Central Magazine, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna get an interview with Jackie Chan, I'm gonna get a picture with him. And he was like, I don't know, man, he's got tight security. Right. Cause he had Chinese security, he had White House security. I mean, he had probably three different details. I mean, that was probably the heaviest security I'd ever been around besides the United Nations. But um, uh, yeah, I mean, when I did it and I was standing next to him and I'm holding him oh. and I'm just vibing with him. I'm like, I'm touching him. I'm right? Like, that's so crazy. <laughs> like, he didn't hit me. They didn't hit me. <laughs> like, like, I, like, like, I'm having a $350 million conversation. Right. Like, this guy's like one of the top two martial artist people on the planet. And the other one's passed away. Yeah. You know, there's... <laughs> I mean, it's you know? just... So it's like, wow. There's not know? many more. Like, I don't know a single person who couldn't tell you who Jackie Chan is. Like, he's... Probably one of the most famous people who are still alive to date. For real. And you got a picture with him. I mean, that's so crazy. <laughs> For real. It's just so amazing. Like, And people are like, how did you do it? And it's like, yeah, you know, I had press credentials. And yeah, I had, you know, people in the know. But the main thing is, is anyone can do that. The main thing is, is when I saw him, like, I didn't freeze up. You took the initiative. To yeah, go. I was like, I'm ready, you yeah. know? And I took my opportunity and I wasn't scared and I did it, you know? And I think that's what's one of the things that's made me most successful is not being scared, not being afraid, not being like, oh, he's got multi-million dollars of security. I'll never get around him. Right. Because I mean, I, I think one thing, <laughs> one thing that people really forget, situations like that or just in life, if you would have went up and asked the photographer and he would like, no, that's not gonna kill you, right? You would just like, I mean, you you would have never known if you didn't ask. Yeah, you can't be scared to ask. You can't be like, oh, they're gonna say no, and you're gonna look and feel dumb. No. Like, like, what's the worst case scenario? They say no. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks for your time. Thank like, you. Yeah, that's, you know. <laughs> you know. <it's... laughs> but if you don't ask, you don't know. Right. They don't know. You know. That's... So it's like you you gotta you gotta milk the situation as much as you can, but in a positive way and Absolutely. not like, you know, stepping on anyone's toes or pissing them off either. Right. You know what I'm saying? And and so it's like, but yeah, I think, you know, that was the main thing was I just wasn't scared. I went and I did it. And I that's why I tell people, I'm like, try and find out what you love and what's in your heart because if you go after that, it could end up being 10 times better than you could have ever even imagined. Like I was just happy being in the building with Jackie right. Chan and then recording them and, and documenting the history, but then to actually interact with them and talk with them and get a picture with them. I mean, it changed my life in so many different ways. I mean, it just gave me the confidence. I was like, I can do anything. Honestly. I mean, 
pictures. <laughs> I mean, it, it, for those who don't understand, like you don't just get pictures with Jackie Chan. Like it's not something you just see him and be like, "Can I get a picture?" It doesn't happen. For real, you know, it's it's crazy. I remember seeing that picture and I was like. Like, for real, for real, that was like the best Facebook profile picture yeah, ever. Real. I think I got like 250 reactions in you know a half a day or yeah. something, and God knows how many comments. <laughs> <laughs> now, during that, you did mention United Nations. For and real, you got your United Nations badge <laughs> on. For real, shout out. I gotta <laughs> hear this story because I mean, the people that you've had interactions with are just people that. No one else that I know, or even in Utah, are getting these interactions with. Heck yeah. So what's the story behind the United Nations and how you actually got to interview uh, Princess Diana? Well, get to interact with her. Heck yeah. Well, her dress. Yeah, her dress. Yeah, the dress. <laughs> I wish it was her. <laughs> right. Because the dress is, I mean, it's bigger than most people. Well, bigger than my life. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean who am ginormous. I? <laughs> like that's Princess Diana. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it was just wild. Like um, one of my um, journalist friends was like, "Hey, the United Nations uh, is having their first ever meeting out of uh, New York City in Salt Lake City, and uh, it's a three-day event." And he was like, you should apply to see if they'll let you and your production company cover it. And um, I won't lie, uh, I was kind of worried at first because the name of our production company is Guerrilla Mafia Entertainment LLC, which can be off-putting to some people, especially if you're Italian or Chinese, maybe. Sure. You know. <laughs> um, and the reason why we named it that is because where we're from, you know, in Florida, we felt like we were a La Familia, you know, we weren't um, a criminal organization, we didn't run guns and drugs and humans, and not that all mafias do or that a mafia even exists, but we as a family, you know, started our production company to help artists be themselves. Mm. Um, and just promote them, you know, and not tell them what to wear, what to say. So I think we just felt like, you know, we were gangster about it, but we were ethical and humane about it and real about it, you know? And so applying to United Nations, I was like, there's no way they're going to let us in with a name like that. <laughs> you know? They're just going to be like, sorry, I didn't see that. Yeah. <laughs> they're not even going to reply back to you. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not expecting anything back from that, but I'm going to try. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, to try. And, and, and it worked, you know, um, got an email and I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> from the secretary, you know, like Italian, right. not the secretary, the secretary of the United Nations, like wrote this letters um, and like, and it's just like, wow, like, is this for real? So, um, we uh, had to go down a few days before the event to register and everything and get our passes. And um, it was one of the proudest days of my life when me and my wife were there and we got our pass and it says on here our name. And I didn't know ahead of time or anything. I just knew that they were going to have to take our picture. And then they gave us the card and it says Guerrilla Mafia Entertainment Media LLC 
on the United Nations pass. That's so awesome. For real, and I'm just like, man, like, I couldn't even imagine that. I just thought it'd be my picture or something. It's like, now I wear this thing everywhere and (laughs) anywhere. Right? (laughs) So how did the actual event go down? Like, what, was it fun or was it kind of, like, different? Because, I mean... I don't really know what goes into like a United Nations event. I've never really heard anything about it. For real. You know, it's definitely unique. <laughs> For real. It was like always a dream of mine and, you know, thought it would take in a lot longer to achieve, you right. know. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, we uh, went down there a few days before to register and everything. And it was funny because... I couldn't post any pictures of this until the event was over for obvious security reasons right. and don't want anyone, you know, trying to come in as me and then I can't get in, you know, so, um, or worse, but, um, so they actually had, uh, Princess Diana's dress, uh, Versace dress and bomb proof vest at the Leonardo um for the members of the united nations to come and enjoy you know pre the event there's a couple cultural things that were going on to lead up to the actual three-day event which was really cool because i was a part of all of it like um they had uh it was so cool they had this meeting uh for the youth uh at one of the utah colleges and I was meeting and, and interacting with the groups and recording it and documenting it and being part of the discussions. And then a few days later at the United Nations, some of the people that I was conversating with were up there giving speeches. Oh, wow. And I'm just like, whoa, I was just hanging out with them like two <laughs> days ago. <laughs> like, what? That's so cool. For real. And, and developed relationships with them because, um, oh, man, what's his name? It was, um, there was a gentleman that was pretty mainly responsible for reaching out and facilitating the United Nations coming out here. And I got to interview him. Um, I forget his name, but uh, um, but there's a lot of local United Nations affiliated people right here in Utah. And it was so cool to get affiliated with them and become a part of the Utah United Nations chapter right. and, and keep up those relationships. Um, but uh, yeah, so got to cover uh, the Princess Diana dress, and it was cool because the CEO, Heidi Kuhn of uh, Roots of Peace that brought it out, um, she uh, acquired the dress, and she goes around the world helping uh, demine active minds. Oh, wow. And so that's what Princess Diana did. You know, for people that don't know, you know, Princess Diana wasn't one of the wealthy that sat around and didn't do anything like not only did she donate her time and money but she donated her life uh going to these land uh cover landmine covered fields in africa and and uh and i thought that being around her bomb proof vest was more special than the versace dress um because you know, you got to risk your life right. to wear one versus the other. Yeah, I mean, it's really <laughs> you know? cool to think that she, someone of her magnitude, right, like, instantly famous, you know, her whole life, she was out there doing something that literally, like, one bad move that day and she's done. For real. You know, that really shows a lot to her. Like, we don't see that type of stuff nowadays from any leaders. For real. Anyone in the, well, I don't want to say anyone, but, like, that's a different level of yeah, yeah. That's a different level of giving back. 
Yeah, and like, I, I, it was like, you know, the day she, you know, died or was murdered or however you want to talk about it, but I'll never forget where I was and, you know, my mom, and that was like, you know, my generation's JFK. Right. You know, like, the whole world stood still, you know, and to be in her, uh, the presence of something that, you know, was associated with her, um, was just so amazing. Like, I'm like, you know, who am I, you know, to, you know, even be in the building, let alone cover it, you know, and, and be around so many influential people that change the world. Like these people change gas prices and go to war. Right. Like, <laughs> you know, it's pretty heavy. And, 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 um, and I was just lucky enough that while I was around the dress that, um, Heidi, uh, was up there and I was like, you know, could I interview you about this? And the governor's daughter was there. I um, forget her name at the moment, but she's very uh, involved in uh, helping raise money for the World Trade Center and did a lot with for 9-11. And there's a few other people that were involved that were all there. And I just asked her one question and she gave the whole 45 minute speech that she gave downstairs to all the dignitaries and all right. the people that were there. And I was just like, wow. You know, so and, awesome. and it was just so amazing. And then from there, I went and covered the United Nations for three days. And I literally would like just attend the the speeches. And, and then as the people were coming off the stage, I'd be like, hey, could I interview you real quick? You know, and some of them would do it right then and there. Some would be like, hey, um, meet me over here in like 20 minutes. Um, it was so amazing. Like the mayor of Salt Lake City at the time who helped facilitate it. Actually, you know, it took me a few times because obviously she was very busy. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> For real, like, and I just kept trying and kept trying without, you know, trying to not piss her and her people off, right. you know? Um, and I finally got her and got it and I was just so proud and so happy and got the Attorney General, you know, Sean Reyes, of course, you know, he's, I'm a huge fan of his and look up to him. Uh, he's just done so much, you know, for us as a community in Utah and the world and and uh, But uh, yeah, I mean I end up getting the like interview I, I think probably around at least like 30% of the keynote speakers and I was really proud of at the end um, they had two people that were uh, emceeing the whole event and uh, there was a male and female and the male was the head of communications of the United Nations wow. and he was the one emceeing the event and and uh, at the end I was like hey you know would you have time for an interview I sat down next to him and I was like would you have time for an interview you know once everything's done this is during the closing ceremony and he was like yeah sure and um, and so after the closing ceremony I uh, was trying to interview the other MC because I didn't have time to, you know, talk to her ahead of time. And she was like, I don't have time. I, I got to go. And I was like, could I get a picture with you? And she's like, if you can do it while we're moving. And I was like, okay. <laughs> heck yeah. And I'm like, heck yeah. So, you know, at least I got a picture with her. And then, um, and then so I go to talk to him. And then security comes around. And I thought they were kind of like searching me for a gun. And... I, and then I almost thought he was going to tackle me. And then he was like, you're going to have to stand over here. And I'm like, I'm press. Like, I'm, you know, not trying to get in the way of anything. Because a lot of times you got to let security know you're press. 
Because they don't know. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, what is this guy doing up here with all of us? You know what I'm saying? Because they had, you know, their security uh, is United Nations security. I forget the proper lingo, but I mean, you know, you end up in Guantanamo Bay. I yeah, would there's imagine, some, there's you know, some, some big names. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so I definitely don't want to make them mad. So I was just like, I'm pressed, I'm pressed. He's like, okay, you know, and then... Um, and then uh, I, I got to interview the MC of the event, and I was just like, wow, what an amazing way to like end this thing, like get to interview the guy that pretty much facilitated the whole thing, you know? So that was just like amazing. I mean, that's, <laughs> so he's the head of- The communications. For the whole entire- United Nations. <laughs> that's crazy. The director of communications of the United Nations, yeah. What do you, so, Cause like I I love interviewing. That's kind of like one of my passions. But how do you go into an interview with that? Like, cause to me that gives me like I'm stressed out thinking about interviewing someone <laughs> like that. Cause I mean you gotta obviously have the confidence. But what do you what did you ask him? Like was it just like what kind of questions do you ask someone like that who has so much knowledge? Yeah, um, the exact questions I don't remember off the top of my head specifically that I asked him. But um, I know I, you know, started off like, you know, how are you enjoying yourself in Salt Lake City, Utah? I try to, when I interview people, uh, I like to also try and promote the event that we're at. Right. You know, so it helps that place for future business or whatever, and also let people know where we're at, when we're at, why we're here, you know, what we're doing here, um, things like that. So, you know, I was just like, you know, um, I think I, I asked him something that was like, you know, what are you most excited to see for to come out of this, you know, UN meeting being in somewhere different than New York and being in a diverse cultural place like, you know, Salt Lake City, what do you hope to come out of this, you know, and he, he, and he was like, that's a good question because there's just, uh, you know, so many people from around the world that, you know, not just came to that event, but that are already here in Salt Lake City, right? you know, so... Um, and I think I had the time to ask him probably about a good two or three questions, but yeah, like in, in high profile situations like that, like you just want to kind of keep it as quick and simple as possible. Um, I, I try to ask people a lot of motivational stuff. Like my favorite question to ask people is like, what's some advice that you get to people that are trying to follow in your footsteps? Cause if I interview a musician or if I interview another, um, journalist or if I interview a movie star, you know, and people that want to, you know, be a movie star, be a musician or, you know, whatever, you know, what kind of, you know, advice would you give to people that look up to you and trying to follow in your footsteps? And it's awesome because their eyes just light up, you know, and, and I think it's something maybe they don't get asked a lot. But, um, and it's great for me because then I get that, you know, advice um, and then can share it with the my audience, you know. So, um I just try and keep things as motivational as possible, you know, and, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> I think that's amazing. Cause I mean, that's, I'm sure that when a lot of these higher level people who just have such an influence, like they probably hear a lot of the same questions, Yeah. you know, and they probably used to these like scripted answers. So. What's your next movie coming out? Yeah. Like, every, we already know. Let's ask them something different. Yeah. You like, know? What, what's, what's, <laughs> what's something that I can keep this person on their toes and actually get an authentic answer. But I want to put you on the spot. What advice would you give me or give your, or give an audience or someone to help like some advice to reach somewhere where you're at? Because I look at you and I strive to get to where you're at. 
Heck yeah. You know, what's some things that I could do or someone who is listening can do? I appreciate that because I don't think a lot of people ask me that question, yeah. you know. Um, the things that I like to just try and emphasize with people is just, you know, find out what you love in life and follow it and go after it and turn it into a business, you know, come from it at an entrepreneurial standpoint because anything is possible if you put enough energy and time and effort into it. And a great analogy to me is like when you're trying to build your business, it's like going to the gym. You know, if you only go to the gym once a while, you're not really going to see or feel a difference, but you're going to kind of get where you're going. You know, you meet people in the same circle and stuff. But if you start working out every day and it sucks sometimes. I mean, no one wants to wake up and work out every day, as far as I know of. I mean, maybe there's some people, but <laughs> right. I don't, you know. But, I mean, when you do, then you can feel the difference. You can see the difference. And it's the same thing with your business. Like, it's going to take anywhere between five to ten years for anything. But you might have something go viral and your stuff only take two years or right. six months you know you just never know that's what's exciting about it but if you don't do it if you don't go after your dreams if you don't try then you'll never know and then you have that regret and you're older and you're like man you know i don't know i didn't try you know so it's like i tell people try and just do it because it could end up 10 times better than you ever imagined like Jackie Chan, like, I could have just been happy with being in the building, but I was like, no, I want to interview him. I want to get a picture with him, and I got it. I told people when Mark Zuckerberg was coming here, I said, I'm going to get a picture right. with Mark Zuckerberg, the CEO of Facebook, because I'm on Facebook. Right. Like, it's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, in all my years of being on Facebook, I would never imagine that I'd been in the same city, let alone the same building, let alone... 10 feet away from him, you know, but I was like, he's coming to our Silicon Slopes. I got press passes to it. I'm going to get him. And it was, and I did, you know, and I changed my, not just my profile picture, but my timeline picture, right. you know, and it's like all the time I've been on Facebook, now I'm with the CEO and I'm like, I'm sure their Facebook algorithms were like, eh, what's going on? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. <laughs> <For real. laughs> and so it's just like, I would have never did that if I didn't have the confidence and I wasn't scared. Like, yeah, they're going to have security, but I mean, Utah is just a beautiful, safe place that a lot of celebrities and musicians and athletes and CEOs and all these people just come to and it's just you know pre-COVID it was like there was an event every day oh yeah you know so that was great for me and then now post-COVID you know um there's events you just uh have to find them a little bit harder and and make sure they're you know regulated and everything's you know done right you know because I don't want to be on camera breaking a felony you right. know <laughs> not following whatever cbc guideline is on. <laughs> real so and i don't want to endanger my life and anyone else's and, and and our company and all that so but yeah i mean you know i my advice to people is just you know uh i used to work a lot of overtime at my day i mean i used to work for myself and my family and we had a cleaning company and then uh 
you know, things happen and lost it. So that was one of my main things was to come out here and start my own cleaning company. And uh, it took me a while, but I did it. And I almost, you know, almost forgot about it. I was just like, I'm good. I got a good job. Uh, if I need extra money, I'll just work all the overtime I want it. And that's what I started doing. And then I started realizing, man, after 16 hours overtime, it's not worth it. I'm literally paying the government three or four hundred dollars to make two or three hundred extra dollars. And I'm like, I need, need to do something better with my time. So I was like, I got to get back to being a CEO or have my own company or something. And so, um, you know, I helped my wife uh, with the restaurant and she had her thing going. I was like, let me get back into what I know and love at the time was the cl my uh, cleaning company my parents and so I got mine going and uh, me and my wife did that you know we would help each other with the cleaning company and the restaurant and we were building an empire and that's another big important thing is you know when you're trying to do this stuff you can date and stuff but it's hard you know you want to try and find someone that wants to be a king or a queen and wants to build that empire with you and not 100%. jealous and trying to take you down and all this crazy stuff so I was blessed to have someone you know to help me too but um, yeah, and, and then uh, during about two, three years into it, I lost two accounts at the same time during Christmas, not to my own fault. One just couldn't afford it anymore, and they started doing it themselves. And then another one uh, went with another cleaning company and had them bid and didn't let me bid and let me go for a lower price. I was like, can I see if I can give you a lower price without knowing their price? I'm like, no, we're just going with someone else. And it's just like, mm -hmm. okay. You know, so I went back to work for someone else at a... Uh, telemarketing job you know on the phones and shout out to anyone that knows that life and my friends that helped me get through that because I made some really great relationships that continue on to this day and forever uh, through that um, and uh, they helped me and I helped them and I just really dove back into our production company and just covering things and interviewing people and and uh, and then it I was so blessed that, you know, I was able to leave um, working for someone else again and go back into working for myself full time. And, uh, and hopefully I'll never have to go back. But if I do, I will yeah. to do what I got to do and be where I want to be. I mean, I see these things on TV, you know, these beautiful places, this gourmet food, um, the beautiful clothes and people and locations. I want to go there. I want to smell it. I want to feel it. I want to taste it. I want to eat it. You know, so and the only way to do that is to go after it, and and if you build a company, an empire, then no one can take it from you as long as you don't let them. You right. know what I'm saying? But when you work for someone else, you never know when you're going to get fired, when they're going to go out of business. You just never know. You know, so I just tell people, you know, like you know, when you get off of work work for yourself for an hour a night and figure out how you're going to get there then two hours a night just like working out at the gym you can only do so much you can only lift and work out so much in a day so it's like take baby steps you got to crawl before you can ball and you and thank god for that because a lot of people hate the process and because any industry anything you do you got to go through the ringer you know what i'm saying but there's a reason for it because when you get to the top you got to be able to take care of your oh, kingdom yeah. and your empire and know how to hold it down. Imagine, you know, that's is what's crazy with a lot of like these uh, musicians. They just get handed $10 million. If you don't know how to handle that $10 million, it could hurt you <laughs> more really than it hurt. could help you. You know, so 
you know, you know, thank God for the grind and the hustle. As hard as it hurts, it turns you into what you need to be to make sure you can handle it when you get what you want, you know, and make sure you don't blow it on drugs and prostitutes yeah. and all this dumb shit, you know, and stuff that's meant to distract you and not keep you focused, you know, so it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's not easy, but it's worth it. And I'm here today to say, you know, I came from nothing. I had no investments. I had no family connections. Uh, I moved out here with the clothes on my back with uh, my wife and everything we had in a U-Haul and we barely made it here alive and with enough gas and we started from scratch and two different well three different companies at the same time our restaurant our cleaning company our production company and we still got two out of three which ain't bad no, you know, that's great. a lot of successful people are like you can't have all your eggs in one basket because that company goes down Boom, but you got a couple backed up, then you can still keep living how you're living and just kind of resituate things or, you know, invest more time and money in the ones that are doing good or, you know, whatever. So, you know, a lot of really moguls have, I think, like seven different businesses. And oh, yeah. I'm not trying to be super rich. I just want to have enough that I take care of myself and my family and my animals and just travel. I think travel is the best education. You get to meet different cultures, different music, different food all that different fashions and clothes. Gives you that experience too to be able to go and like have conversations with other people and be like, yeah, you know, things are hard here, but I was in Thailand, you know, you wouldn't believe the stuff that I got to experience there. You know, it's I, I think I think you hit it right on the nose. I think traveling is really the best way to grow as a human being because you really get to experience those other areas that you know, there's things that living in Salt Lake City we take for granted super hard. You know, Salt Lake City does a lot of things really well. And For when real. I was actually able to leave the bubble and go and explore different areas, I'm like, man, I kind of miss Salt Lake City. We do things here pretty well. And For real. <laughs> I want to hit on a couple things that you said. I definitely think that having someone in your corner that is as motivated or even more motivated than you is such a key thing. Like whether it be a partner or you know, a, a wife, business partner, spouse, like, spouse, yeah, it, something. It really changes because, like, I actually just recently got engaged. Um, Congratulations. To, thank you. I appreciate it. Heck yeah. Um, and she doesn't realize the impact that she's had on me motivation-wise. Like, she makes me push harder and drive harder, and, you know, and it's – it really does change the way that you look at business, having someone there who's got your back, who wants the best for you and not just the best for either – money or themselves right it definitely does that but also i love your analogy with like businesses like going to the gym it's like increasing that capacity you know that's how i look at the grind is like every day it's like oh i gotta grind today but i'm increasing my capacity to take on more and more and more and eventually there'll be a point in time where i'm like i've reached a level of capacity where i can start spreading it out and helping others and i think that that should be a goal for a lot of people is to try and get to that point where you're so knowledgeable and you have so much experience and you've grinded so hard that you now you can sit back and be like hey i want to help this person or this person or hey i can now take on this new idea because i'm so comfortable here and i've gotten such a great capacity here with this business what if i reach out and try and do this now like for real i think we live in a digital age you know where we could get on instagram and facebook and have everything instant 
and kids that are younger than me and I think they're gonna have a really hard time when they start getting into life and they realize things don't actually happen like this for real <laughs> it's, it's tough to realize that because I have a younger audience that watches on uh, Spotify and you know some of them reached out to me and they're like hey like what is it really like once you start creating a business or start doing something like that I'm like, it's slow for real it's really slow like main main major key alert is um patience yeah big time for real yeah i mean a lot of people especially in this day and age like you said are like used to that instant gratification that microwave meal mm -hmm. and it's like man what's better though putting your meal in the microwave and getting it like that or taking the time to make it from scratch and put it in the oven oh yeah and then eat it without all the radiation and it's actually crispy and crunchy and exactly. like there's a difference exactly <laughs> and i i hope that if i ever have an impact with people it's that like when you start venturing into doing things on your own whether it be social media or creating content or photography or art or anything like that and you want to actually make money off of it it's you got to be patient for real you know don't get lost in those analytics of like Man, I made six posts and I only got one new follower. It's okay. It's okay that happens. Everybody, like, you just gotta wait. Like your time will come. You just gotta stay consistent. It's, For real. It's definitely hard though. I mean, as you know, it's hard to keep that motivation, but it's so worth it. For real, it's so worth it because it's like, what else are you gonna do with your time in your life? And it's like, I love creating content. I love taking pictures. I love. Uh, taking videos um, I love editing I love um, you know using the hashtags because it's like hashtag photography that one hashtag could have a million followers it yeah. could have a hundred thousand it could have 20,000 but most things you can use 30 hashtags sometimes so right there for free you can reach maybe 30 million right. to 10 million on the low end for free yeah like <laughs> and, you, and you never know like it's it could literally be that one day where it's like goes viral it just goes viral yeah oh man the closest thing i ever got to an experience like that that i don't think i've ever got to really talk about was um when i covered kanye west at the sunday service yeah uh team kanye daily shout out on ig um follow them if you're into kanye um so they follow all things Kanye, and it was a big deal when he came to Salt Lake City, Utah. Um, it was around this time last year. Yeah. It was, I think, like uh, around October or so. And um, I was fortunate enough to cover him. Uh, I think that was one of the biggest events in my life um, because the UN, the UN had over a million dollars of security and a couple years of planning, and I think they had about 4,000 people from around the world. Kanye West, everyone uh, had about a 24-hour notice, um, and I think seven to 10,000 people from around the world pulled up. And when I say from around the world, I mean there was celebrities, there was people that I can't talk about yeah. <laughs> that flew there. You know, you know, quick to be there. I even got to interview like an NFL player that was there. 
they had so much police and security. I'm sure it was over a million dollars worth. I got pictures with like gang unit. <laughs> like we used to run from the police. Now we're hanging out with them. <laughs> and um, and it was just so amazing because I didn't even think I was gonna get past security on that one because I rolled up, you know, early and there was just mobbed out crazy. And it was the during the Mormon um, Sunday Service World Conference, right. so it's already bananas downtown, you know. <laughs> and this was pre-COVID, and um, and uh, so I'm talking to people, you know, hanging out with them, and then I'm like, all right, I'm going in, and they're probably like, oh, this guy's crazy, you know, he's not gonna get in. <laughs> and so I go up, and I'm like, yeah, I'm you know, press, I'm here to cover Kanye, and I thought they would have looked into it a little bit more. And uh, they're like, oh, yeah, Kanye's right over there. And I'll never forget that. I was just like, oh, wow. <laughs> I was like, thanks. <laughs> I just, for real, thanks for pointing right where he's at. <laughs> and so I turn around and people are like, take me with you. <laughs> and it was so crazy because um, uh, I got up there and it was crazy. Uh, the barricades got broken twice and... I thought I was going to die the second time because of where I was at, but um, thankfully they, they just came out and they're like, if you don't go back to where you came from, we're just going to tell Kanye to leave. Right. So thankfully everyone just went back to where they came from. And then um, uh, Sean Reyes was there. And so I was like, hey, Sean, could I, you know, hang out with you and, you know, uh, you know, watch it? And he was like, yeah. So, you know, I got in, you know, behind the... Um, the, the fence or the security thing or whatever. And I was literally like two people away from Kanye the whole time. Oh, wow. And it was one of the most religious experiences of my life because when he's saying Jesus walks, it felt like Jesus was walking because the concrete was shaking because we were at the Gateway Center and he looked nervous a lot of the time because, I mean, he was covered by a 360 degree angle. I mean, he was completely exposed, right. you know, and there's like three choppers there was people on the roofs of every building you could see. And it was one of the most like crazy energy vibes I've ever felt in my life. And, um, and it was just so amazing. Cause like, again, like no one would have believed it. Like my friend just called me up like the night before and he's like, you know, Kanye's going to be here tomorrow. And I was like, no. And he was like, Yo, I know if anyone can get him, you can. And I was like, good looking, bro. You know? And so, and then it was funny because one of my other friends I worked with, I was like, um, I was like, yeah, come on, hang out with me. She ended up um, being one of my photographers. Uh, shout out Kaylee Call Photography on IG. Um, but I was like, yeah, you should come because she's like, I love Kanye. And I, I think she didn't think I was going to get past security. And she had just got this new job that we were working at and didn't want to come in late for nothing. Right. You know, and then when I was two people away, I called her and she was like, oh, <laughs> man, oh, she missed out there. I think she said she cried for like a week or oh. something. Like anytime else, I was like, you want to go cover Mark Zuckerberg or something? She's like, yeah, I'm down, you know. You can't miss out now. <laughs> for real. <laughs> but yeah, it's just like, you know, oh, but getting to my point where I even went off on this. I don't know if it was a tangent or not, but uh, going closest thing I got to feeling going viral was Team Kanye Daily uh, shared my live on, um, I, I think it was IG, I went live on Facebook and Instagram and 
uh, Team Kanye Daily IG shared my video and it got, I think, a total of like 60,000 views in like a day and a half or two days before it stopped getting views. And I was just like, whoa, bro, like my footage just got 60K views. <laughs> That's insane. Like in a day or two or something. Right. Like, wow. Like, and then it was crazy. All the Associated Press pictures of, of the event were like all far away and i'm like the only one that's a press person that is like two people away from kanye the whole time i'm putting christopher newhart photography on his back on my pictures (laughs) (laughs) i mean well i think though that your instagram is probably gonna because like what you were at like thirty four thousand what only like a couple months ago and you're at forty five now for real i mean that growth is crazy eleven thousand followers and what like four or five months if that yeah like that's yeah and i credit to that like um because of what i do like i feel like the advantage one of the advantages that i have and that anyone can do if they're in my field of work is is instagram is great because you can tag celebrities and actually interact with them because it seems like a lot of them will interact with people on instagram and twitter not so much it seems like none of them really have a real facebook account and how many of them are on snapchat and you're friends with them you know so but it seems like um on instagram a lot of celebrities or musicians or athletes are very active on their account it's not their handler or their record label or it's usually them you know so um i would you know go to sundance uh film festival and i've worked security there for like four years so i would get pictures with celebrities and actually you know protect their safety and stuff you know which is really amazing but um i credit my instagram growth so quickly to tagging celebrities and then sometimes uh they'll share it their IG stories. Uh, shout out to Winston Duke from Black Panther, the king of the gorillas. Gorilla <laughs> <laughs> Mafia Entertainment. Did he share one of yours? <laughs> yeah, I was at Sundance and I um, I was actually wasn't working security. I had a superhero luncheon. Um, uh, what would you call it? It, it was a, an event that uh, me and... Uh, my production company and business partners had a um, this cool superhero luncheon event at the Music Lodge in the AP Lodge, world famous American Press Lodge yeah. and Music Lodge, where all the big musicians play at Sundance. Besides Park City Live, so we had um, an event, and um, Winston Duke, uh, the King of the Gorillas uh, from Black Panther, was there, and so was. Um, the guy from uh, Dr. Wang from uh, Dr. Who, uh, Wang oh. Wong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah Wong. Um, he was there. And then um, we had, uh, I believe, Ethan Hawke. And um, there was another big female. She played in Batman and Hathaway. I'm not sure, but... We had some big celebrities that came through, like two major Marvel and two major DC, two females and two males. And it was so amazing because, you know me, I'm like, no one's going to believe that they're at our event unless there's pictures. 
and I'm not satisfied with getting pictures of them at our event. I got to be in it. Yeah, yeah you got to be in that picture. For real. So like, and and I'm watching Instagram, and I share a picture of me and Winston Duke at Sundance, and there's another picture uh, that me and him were with one of my business partners, who's you know an attractive female, and I thought of any of the pictures. That's the one he would have shared, but he shared the picture of me and him on his IG stories for 24 hours. And I'm just like, bro, his audience of like over a million people, I forget how many followers he has currently, but I'm like, all his people just saw me and him for right. 24 hours. Like, and then and then I saved that and I created a bubble on my Instagram that says shout outs. So you click the button and you can see him shouting me out the attorney general of the state of Utah, Caskey at Cash Money Records, yep. you know, so I'm utilizing that as much as possible. And so like, when I get pictures with celebrities, I would, you know, tag them, tag their fan groups, all their fan groups, right. you know, as many as I can find, you know? <laughs> I mean, it's, that, I think you actually are doing something on social media that not a lot of people are doing, because it's, it's brilliant. Like, <laughs> Appreciate it, I don't think too many people are. Well, because why not, like, give like if you're like let's say you tag the celebrity but you're also tagging all the fan groups because like the fan groups want to know what they're doing and they're the ones that are going to share it yeah. most definitely they're super you know? excited they're <laughs> for like, real and they're like well who's this guy why is he hanging out with them and then <laughs> brings them into your page like that's that's smart heck that's yeah a smart move. appreciate it yeah because like i got a picture of me and Nicki minaj um i got a picture like me and little wayne um i got uh, I just recently did my picture, me and Jackie Chan on the cover of Soul Central magazine. That guy, I think, like 15k likes, yeah. uh, like almost 200 comments, a couple verified comments, which I'm very proud Big. of because usually only celebrities get like verified accounts to comment on their stuff. Right. And so, um, and then I was able to start putting newer Jackie Chan pictures up. And I'm just constantly in my stories, everywhere I go, everything I do, everything I eat, everything, you know, I, a lot of things that I wear, you know, I'm just always trying to get other audiences, you know, in front of my audience, my audience in front of them. It's all just, you know, that's why I love doing like your show. And like, sometime you come on my show and we just uh, mix our audiences, you know what I'm saying? Just opens people's eyes to other people's worlds and stuff. And it's just, I just love that. I just love, you know, bringing people together and just seeing what happens, you know, yeah. and it's just like, it's amazing and beautiful. And that's what I love about social media is it's like, there's, a, a um, algorithms and it's like, if, if you know how to play the game, right, there's certain days and certain times that people are looking for certain things, whether it's, you know, like I, I have this thing that's like, you know, there's a system that, you know, if you're an influencer, people want to know how you're making your money mm -hmm. and then they want to see a little bit of your personal life and then they want to see you know certain things so and then it's, it's on certain days like more the beginning of the week you want to be more professional and then more on the weekend you can kind of show more of you you know kicking back but if you're always showing yourself drinking and doing alcohol and just money you know then you're only going to attract a certain type of people you know so I try and just show my life, you know, I love all kinds of things besides, you know, alcohol and money and nice cars and stuff like, you know, I love art and, uh, 
you know, just so many different things, animals, you know, so it's just right. like, I try and show a little bit of everything for everyone, you know, some people just like to, you know, focus on certain things, but just like in my journalism, I don't just focus on just celebrities or just politicians or just musicians, like it's anything and everything, like why right. not, you know, why limit yourself to something, you well, know? Absolutely, and I think that that's important because there's going to be an audience for anything whether it be a politician, a celebrity, a musician, an artist, like there's people who are following them. That's why they're in that position. So why not try and get involved with those, with that audience? Like yeah. there's probably awesome people who could either help benefit you or you can help benefit them. I mean, that's the weird thing about social media is there's a lot of people on social media that just aren't social. <laughs> it sounds so silly, but they'll just yeah. post like, they'll make their post or whatever and then that's it. Like they're not talking with people. They're not trying to interact. They're not trying to reach out to audiences or like fan groups or different things like that. Like, why not? We're on social media to be social. Yeah. I want to know anyone and everyone that I can talk to. For they, real. You never know who the next cool person is going to be or the next person that you want to get to know on a different level and like potentially have them on a show or you know, get them to make them content or whatever it might be. You never know. For real. And especially now during these days and times with COVID, because it's like birds of a feather flock together and it can be very depressing and, and get a lot of anxiety with not being able to go out to events and uh, maybe not always have these one-on-one -on -one interviews because a lot of your guests or my guests might be scared of the COVID and, yeah. and we have to do it online. But hey, at least we still have those abilities to do it online, you know? So, and what I think is interesting is for people like me and you that interview people is right now is one of the best times because whether, whether it's um, a CEO or a musician or a business owner or anyone you're trying to talk to, Right now, their schedule is pretty clear. Yeah, it's free. <laughs> I've got a lot going on. <laughs> That's why I don't mind reaching out to the higher-up people because I'm like, bro, I know you're not busy. Right, what are you doing right now? <laughs> I know you ain't got nothing to do, so <laughs> come talk to me. Like, <laughs> I definitely think that, you know, COVID is scary. Like, you know, it's definitely been a crazy year, but a lot of people, I think, are missing out on a lot of opportunities. For real. You know, there's a lot of new opportunities to come about, especially, like, I know Zoom's kind of gotten in trouble with, like, their protection and stuff, but, like, how many times have we seen people, like, celebrities who've never done interviews before are now doing Zoom podcasts because they can? They In have the comfort the of their own living room? Yeah. They're like, what was that thing, like, I don't know, like, two or three months ago where it was, like, Brad Pitt and Shia LaBeouf and all those guys did a reading of uh, that... 80s movie fast times at ridgemont high or something like that yeah they all got on a zoom call together all the like millions of dollars worth of celebrities got onto a zoom call and just had fun for real that like opened my eyes i'm like oh they know how to use zoom so who can i get that might want to use zoom to do an interview yeah you never know unless you ask exactly for real yeah it's like with all this downtime, it's like, yeah, it's like, you know, a lot of people are like, I don't have time to do this. I don't have time to do that. And it's like, I, I've been saying this for almost a year now. It's like, you know, back in the beginning of the year, I'm like, man, you just had like two or three months when COVID first hit. You know, it's like, I hope you took those two or three months to do something. You know, now it's like we've had almost a year, you know, and, and people aren't going out to the bars. They aren't going out to the movies. They're not going out and doing all this stuff. So adversary, uh, there's some good things that are happening because now a lot of families are able to save money. Yeah. 
You know what I'm saying? And 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 uh, and now you have time to, if you want to paint, paint a canvas. If you're a recording artist, you know, bang out an album or two or three. You know, I hope people aren't just wasting the time in Netflix and chilling. You right. know, because things are never going to get back to normal. I don't think, but I think they're going to get back to business. And once it does, I think, you know, eventually there's going to have to be some kind of, you know, shot. And I pray it's not mandatory. Um, but, you know, we'll see. But I'm sure, you know, things will get back to business and get back to going. And probably, you know, you won't be able to go to like a large, you know, event unless you have the shot, you right. know, and things like that. So you know, once things do get back to business, you know, I hope people took that time to invest this time and use it wisely because once things get back to business, it's going to be booming. Yeah. I mean, I mean, everyone misses everything. I mean, I went to a two day music festival just a few months ago and it was, you know, under COVID restrictions and everything. And I think the city let them have 600 people and they capped it off at 400. Right. Be like, we're going to be responsible guys. Like, <laughs> and we don't want any worries, you know, so they did that, you know, everyone practiced social distancing, shout out to Incandescence and yeah. Matt Milner and Aubrey and Kevin Monroe and everyone that's a part of that production, but um, everyone, you know, came back and that attended and no one said they had COVID from last time I saw you know, so it's like, you know, and the musicians were just so happy to be there just to play their music. Some of them, several of them had fans that had driven states away just to see them perform. And it was just so beautiful to be around that, be around people. And I don't care how funny it sounds, but just to smell people, yeah. to hear people, to hug them and to... You know, and some, you know, a lot of these events, some of us don't see each other, but once a year at these fan acts or these fear cons or these music festivals. So it's like a little family reunion. So it was just so nice to get out and be around people and, and, uh, and just vibe. And they first time ever, they had this art wall and they had like these six walls were just like these huge six foot canvases and people could paint and do oh, whatever. So cool. I was like, man, that was so cool. I felt so good just to just create shit, you know, and there's music going on and stuff. And, and it, it's just, I can't wait till things get back to business because it's, it's going to be beautiful. It is. And I, I feel bad for a lot of, you know, performers who are really struggling during this time because, you know, a lot of money comes in from touring. Yeah. Whether you're a musician <laughs> or... Because I'm a big stand-up guy. I follow stand-up. I want to eventually do stand-up. Like, Heck yeah. And I love stand-up and always wanted to. Yeah. You know, I, I missed out. Like, I had to get a refund on Joey Diaz tickets. I had to get a refund on Burt Kreischer tickets. I had to get a refund on... Uh, there's one other guy. I can't remember his name. But, like, are they... I mean, I know that they're super rich and famous and don't have to worry about it. But what about those guys who are that mid-tier who are starting to grow and now they can't go and tour? For real. You know, those guys, like, they might lose their career For real. during COVID, and it sucks. But, you know, I'm sure that you have a little bit of insight in that because you have been I, – well, I want to know more about Caskey, right? Heck, yeah. yeah the cash money <laughs> situation that's going on because you've been posting about that, you know, the last little while. And someone like him who's, like, literally in the process right now of blowing up. Mm-hmm. Like, is he having much, 
Like, has it been a struggle during COVID for him, or has he actually seen the best growth because it is COVID and the little like the shows that he can do have been huge because they're rare to go to. Yeah, it's a very interesting um, question to ask because, yeah, um, we did talk about that a little bit in the interview, um, and it's so wild how everything worked out because originally um, Kasky was coming out here to do a show, and we had arranged it that we were going to interview him at my family-owned restaurant Irie Coffee, Teas, and Bobo's, or Irie's Place for short, um, the day before. And then, literally, like, I think it must have been maybe not even a week before the concert, the governor came on and announced new COVID restrictions. And because now we're entering the winter part of the year, um, and uh, I forget what the spike was, but Utah, you know, had a big spike out of all the other states in America. And so, um, the concert actually got canceled and we're like, Oh man, is this going to cancel our opportunity to, you know, have him come and be interviewed and hang out and everything. And thankfully he still came out because, you know, there were people that, you know, still wanted to see him. He still did like a, a, a meet and greet and people paid to, uh, uh, I imagine, you know, do features when he goes out and does these shows, he'll sometimes come to some towns ahead of time and work with local artists and, you know, be a feature or do a music video or, or things like that. So thankfully, you know, he didn't just be like, oh, no, you know, there's no show. I'm just going to stay home. He still came out. And even with COVID being a risk, you know, he still came out and, um, and he was like, yeah, you know, I haven't gotten to perform in like seven months. I mean, last time he performed, I saw him was like in March, you know, like right around, you know, when things start getting locked down, like a little bit right after that. It was one of the, one of the last concerts I got to go to in 2020 um, at that time was in uh, March 8th. And then right after that, that's when they really started locking things down and you couldn't be on the road unless you were an essential worker right. and all of that. Um, so he was like, yeah, you know, I haven't gotten a, uh, tour or do anything for about seven months. And he's like, you know, as an artist, it is, you know, um, depressing, you know, um, and especially with him, he gives so much. And that's what I love about his shows. Like he will come before the show and a lot of times walk around and see if anyone even notices him, you know, and he'll hang out with people take pictures and then every after the show every show at the end he'll wait around and take pictures with people and sign stuff for free you know and give out his poetry books and oh man yeah that's that see that's what really makes like i don't know in my eyes that really puts someone above and beyond because like he doesn't need to do that for real he does because he cares about the people who care for him for real and i think that's what makes people like him so powerful like he to me he's like a folk legend like he he's not just doing this for money and if he was then he's you know signed with cash money records one of the biggest record labels on the planet and he could be up there doing that stuff but he doesn't have a industry deal you know he has something special with Birdman you know that he can just be him and make the music he wants when he wants 
you know, and he's building that organic following that, you know, it might take a little bit longer, but when it hits, it sticks. And it's like, he's always been so real and he treats everyone so well. And that's the thing is like, you know, a lot of people that grow up, uh, the way we grow up in that, into this kind of music, we all come from, you know, usually a poor, um, monetary background you know and don't have the best of life you know and and to look up to someone you know and all the people that i've interviewed i've i've come across people that I look up to and 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 then i don't look up to them anymore because of the way they treat me or i see they treat others so you know with Kasky, the way he treats everyone is such a beautiful thing because it's like you walk away from his shows with more than just having a good drunk high time you know, it's it's a more of an experience, you know, and and that's what I love about him and advocate him forever because he's not just some dumb rapper talking about, you know, females and, and cars and jewelry. You know, he started off on bars and spitting knowledge mm -hmm. and and keeping it real. And he's not just a musician. He's uh, he does poetry. He has his own clothing line. He paints. You know, he's just uh, a real artist, you know, and and when I say folk legend, I mean like, well, uh, I think it was this time last year, um, he, he when he does his merch, he, he did a contest where you pay a dollar for a raffle and he put your name in this thing and then he pulled out a winner and he flew out to that person's place and hung out with them. You no know, shit. yeah, that's so like, cool. That's so sick. Like, I would love to do something like that right? when I have like a following. Like, I don't want to be rich and famous to be rich and famous no. and to be egotistical. I just want to have some kind of, I don't know, I don't want to call it power or clout, but some kind of force that can be used for good. And I like using my social media platform and getting next to these celebrities and these musicians and all these people, most of them I really don't care about because they don't care about me or their fans, you know? But it's cool to, you know, at the time, you know, I thought it was, you know, really cool to just be around that. And plus a lot of these people, I don't know how they are until I meet them. I don't judge them. I don't know, you know, and I treat people like they treat me, right. you know, and then I know, okay, you know, I'm not going to, you know, if I see them again, I'm not really going to, keep up with them but um, I, I like using my platform to cover a lot of charity stuff that a lot of news things don't cover or don't care to cover and give them that limelight and give them that opportunity to get you know views and likes and comments that they might not normally have you know and and to bring awareness and funds and supplies and over the years we've helped so much whether it's bringing in clothes or for the homeless or food for the hungry or school supplies for the needy you know it's like why not you know and i think too like <laughs> something like that that Kasky did like he took the time like a day and the money that he he probably invested the money to buy the ticket and stuff to go out and spend time with a fan like that is so impactful that like i i imagine he knows it's impactful but like for, cause you see that sometimes with like celebrities who go to like children's hospitals, right? Yeah. Yeah, they do it. A lot of them do it like off the radar. Like they don't want the media coverage. But like to have like, I remember there was one with uh, Captain America. I always forget his name because there's a lot of people with similar names. 
he dressed up in the full suit. He went to like a children's hospital, right? And was just hanging out with the kids. And he didn't want any media coverage, but someone took out a phone and was recording it or whatever. And it's like, that like two hours of his day may have just gave some kids the motivation to fight, fight harder. And actually beat cancer. Yeah. Or whatever disease they yeah. were fighting at the time. You know, and something that Caskey does, goes and spends his time with a fan, right? Like a fan who's dedicated enough to buy merch so you know he's into his shit. That, like, what trajectory did that just send that fan on? That For gives real. him the motivation, like, man, I won that? Like, what can I do now? Like, what, what, like, spending the time with someone like him, like, what knowledge did he pass on to this fan that, like, now he's like, I'm going to start doing this, this, and this. Like, For real. I want to be able to do that, too. Like, that would be so cool to be able just to have that kind of, like, I don't know what word to call it, either. Yeah. Like, I, I just guess, honor, yeah. love, respect. Yeah. You like, know? I mean, because I feel like a lot of fans and a lot of people that look up to people because, believe it or not, it's funny, like, I'm starting to get Caskey fans that are, like, fans of me yeah. because I've been covering him for, like, four years, you know, because, like, we went to the same high school and we didn't hang out, but we had the same big bro and he turned me on to Caskey before he even got signed to Cash Money, right. you know, so it's, like, a small world, but, like, every, you know, it's funny, I moved out here and then every time Caskey comes out here, I cover him and, and it's just, like, you know, I look at it as that... Or, or at least I try to hope and think that it's this way that like, you know, when we look up to people, it's because they inspire us in some way or another. And it's like, you know, the, it's hard to look up to a lot of people because they end up letting you down one way or another. And it just hurts so much. So like you start getting guarded. But the people that I look up to, the reason I really look up to them is usually only one or two things. It's either they work really hard at what they love and believe in or they do some kind of impactful thing for the community and they do do some charity work, right. you know? So it's like, um, and just with that, it's like, you know, even, uh, even if a person doesn't do charity stuff, just treating his people like that, like you said, just gives them that inspiration. I mean, I started off, you know, I watch Caskey's IG pretty much every day and it just inspires me so much. And I feel like it's not like I'm trying to be a copycat or, you know, dick ride him or, you know, whatever, you know, it's like, no, he inspires me for me to be the best person that I can be, the best artist I can be, the best musician I can be, the best journalist I can be, you know, and it's like, I don't want to be like him. I want to be me. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, cause I used to be like that. I used to be like, oh, I want to be like that person. I want to be like that person. And, uh, and it's like, no, I just want to be the best me, you know? And if I correlate with those people and enjoy similar stuff, then, you know, it's like, don't get it confused, you know? And it's just like, and Kasky said, that's funny in the interview, I asked him, you know, what's some advice you give to people that are trying to follow in your footsteps? And he's like, don't follow my footsteps, follow in your footsteps, you know, be you, you know what I'm saying? And so, and a, a lot of celebrities have said that same thing. They're like, don't follow my footsteps. Don't do what I did. Don't sign to a major production company. Right. You know, do it for the love of the craft of the art and being around the sound people and being around the videographers and being around those people. 
you know, because you get these celebrities that are just like, you know, up in their head and like, you know, show up late and don't look at me in the right. eye and all that crazy shit. Yeah. Like, bro. They'll flip their lid if it's, not, <laughs> if it's not a certain brand of water. For real? Like, come on. Who do you think you are? Like, come on, bro. Like, you know, so, um, so I just try to treat people, you know, that look to me the same way I want the people I look up to to treat me. You know, and I just, you know, like you said earlier, you know, it's just like giving out knowledge, you know, it's like we're in a day and age where we didn't have mentors. And thankfully, there's, you know, your Tony Robbins and your people that, you know, if you pay them $100,000 and stuff, they teach a lot of stuff. But there's a lot of mentors that, you know, charge a lot less and some people do a lot for free. And I love giving out info for free, you know, and, and just love helping people. So, you know, I just just try and just keep that love going and that energy and and rock with people that are real and that real recognizes real. You right. know what I'm saying? It's like, I don't have time to be fake. I, I'm not saying I'm perfect. I mean, I try not to lie. I mean, what do I got to lie about? You know what I'm saying? And then when you lie, you got to keep up with that shit. That becomes mentally draining. For just... real. It's like a bomb. Eventually, it's going to blow up no matter how long you hold on to it. You know, so... Well, with the mentor thing, I really think that we're finally getting a shift in culture where we're getting people who are successful who are you know maybe made millions or they are they made like a niche where they can be happy in it and instead of just keeping it to themselves or thinking like well if i share my secrets then it's going to take away from my thing right they want more people to grow with them right they want people to have that success because at the end of the day like you could have millions and millions of dollars and i'm sure it feels great right i'm sure it'd be nice to wake up and like you know, walk out onto the beach in my beach house or whatever it is. But if I had to pick between $10 million and a beach house, but no one around me that cared for me or a hundred dollars, but a hundred people around me that cared for me, I'd pick the hundred dollars for real. Cause like what's, what's life without people who care for you? Yeah. If you don't have anyone to share it with yeah. and that you can trust, yeah. you know, what's the point of being rich by yourself. Yeah, that's not boring. For real. Because <laughs> you're usually going to be secluded. Yeah. And you got to have, you know, people that you can love and trust and been with you since day one and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's very hard. I mean, they say it's lonely at the top, but it's, it's you put yourself in that position. You know what I'm saying? Because it's, it's not always easy because, you know, a lot of friends you want to bring with you, but they're not built for what you're yeah. built for they don't have that mindset or or that um the drive or the drive or they can't see the bigger picture you know all these different factors so you know and then and then you got friends that could try and take advantage of and be like oh you're my boy and it's like well yeah you're my boy like you know, pay for the product that I made. Like, if, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're willing to pay Michael Jordan $500 or $1,000 for a sweater, but you can't pay $6 for a Bobo drink? Like, come on, bro. Yeah. Like, let's get real here. Yeah, that's, that's definitely something that I've noticed doing the podcast. Like, because I'm going on three years here in December. That's what's up. Yeah, and, you know, it's it kind of is a weird thing that I had to go through, like, a transition of, like, realizing that maybe my friends aren't down for the cause as much as I thought they were and not that I hold anything against them because you know it's not everyone's calling it's not everyone's calling yeah but it's weird to think that like you know I could get I would give a lot 
but I can't get, you know, I, I don't know, I don't know how to word it. Like I'm not, I don't have any sour taste towards anyone, but it's, it's definitely weird when you start shifting your mentality to wanting to be motivated and create content and better yourself. And then you look around and you realize that now maybe you have to shift who, what groups of people you're in. Right. Because you have to consolidate your time when you're an entrepreneur because time is money. Yeah. And, it's the, and it's not just about the money, but it's the most important, valuable resource that we have that we can't get back. So, you know, I look at it, it's like, you know, you're like the five people you most surround yourself around. So it's great you know, sit around and, and kick it and talk shit about football and potato chips, but if that's all you do, then that's all as far you as you're going to get, yeah. you know? So you got to balance your time between your friends that your friends that want to bullshit and then your friends that want to make money with you, you know, and, and grow an empire. So, you know, it's, it's, it's just a hard thing, but, you know, for the people that are blessed and that can figure it out and have friends uh, that become, because... In this life, I think when you become an entrepreneur, you really kind of lose friends. I mean, it's either their family or their business partners. Either, you know, there's no in between. Either we're, you know, doing big things together or we're not. Because you just only have so much time in your life that at a certain point, you just don't want to waste it anymore. Right. But you can still take time and not waste it. But, you know, go watch a Super Bowl or you know, do this or that, but if you're watching every football game yeah, at the man. bar, you know, every Monday night, you know, I mean, that's, you know, your it's choice, fine. you know, but, you know, some of us want to get more shit done, so, you know, it is what it is, but, yeah, I mean, you know, if you follow your heart and, and you start going these things, you'll surround yourself with like-minded people, and it'll build, you know, I was like, you know, how am I going to be around millionaires you know what I'm saying like I didn't go to no prestigious college I don't have that kind of money I don't have those kind of clothes or cars but somehow you know I'd end up getting in these networking events that were free you know around millionaires for free and I'm just like whoa you know they're even feeding you sometimes <laughs> like, <laughs> But damn, I need to find more of these events. Right? <laughs> Food's better than what I got at home. <laughs> For real. <laughs> so it's just, you know, following your heart. You know, at the end of the day, that's why I just always come back to. It's just like, if you don't, then you don't know, you know. And it's like, now with this COVID times, it's like so many people are giving up on their dreams and their goals. So it sucks, but it's making it more of an easier opportunity for people like us that keep it going yeah. because now there's less competition and it's like you know with our restaurant god knows how many bobo places you know that serve bobo drinks are closing down but even major corporations we got dunkin donuts around us that closed ihop mcdonald's you know all these places so it's like hey that's less competition for us right you know so you know you just gotta don't give up. Don't stop. Just always, you know, try and just get something a little bit done each day to get towards your goal. So that way at the end of the month, if you did something once a day or every other day, you're going to get that much closer. But if you're only working on your goal once a week, at the end of the month, you're just like, hey, I'm not really getting anywhere. Yeah. It's like, well, you, you want to ride, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you put four hours into it out of four weeks. Like, yeah. You're only going to get so far. Yeah. I agree. I guess <laughs> if you are, I, and I think that's a weird, I don't know if that's just something that we weren't taught 
as humans when we were younger, but I know a lot of people, at least in my life, who are like waiting around for opportunities. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I never understood it. Like they're just like, yeah, man, like I want to do this, this, and this. And I'm like, oh, that's fucking great. Like, when do you want to start? Like, well, what's your first step? And he's like, oh, I'm waiting for this to happen. And I'm like, <laughs> what do you mean? Like, what do you mean you're waiting? Like, let's just go. Like, for real, especially people that do what we do. Like, the craziest thing is, I feel like, is people are scared to start because they are afraid of how their content is going to look. Yeah. And they're like, oh, it's not going to look professional enough or this or this or that. Who cares? Right. Because if you don't start, you're never going to know. And what I've learned is from starting is you get better and better and better and prove on your craft. You Because no one, I mean, at the end of the day, no one knows what they're doing. No. But if you just try, then you start learning and you start improving. You're like, okay, let me learn this program or let me try this or let me do that. And you start wearing different hats and then eventually you can then take the time, take that hat off and trust someone yeah, to oh. do photography or trust someone to do your editing because you have a little bit of experience in that. So if someone starts screwing you around, you'd be like, no, Wait no, no, I'm not that stupid. I had to do everything by myself for a minute. One man band, you know, so, Absolutely. you know, you get that and then you just get better and you improve on it. And it's like, you know, and then you network with people and, develop these relationships so it's like you know you gotta start no matter how crappy it is even oh, if yeah. the name of your show is on a piece of cardboard taped up to the wall Just who cares it. you know send we'll it. send do it well I, I think that exactly i think that's one thing too that especially if you want to create content or stream or do whatever it is like it's not like you can't update things as you go along yeah if you go i mean there's a great source is it taylor brand you can go on their website and they'll make a logo for you like immediately. You know, if you're worried about that or if you're like audio is weird or whatever, there's millions of YouTube videos. Like you got to fail to learn how to be better. Yeah. Like, I mean, and, and I know everyone talks about that. Like when everyone has to fail, that's how you become successful. Like it's not just a cliche. It's true. And the main thing is your attitude yeah. about how you fail. Exactly. You know, if you're like, oh, I got knocked down. Oh, I got knocked you gotta know you're gonna get knocked down. Yeah. You gotta be prepared for that shit and be like, okay, I survived it. Next, move on. Right. You know, and don't sit there and cry. But okay, I just lost ten thousand dollars. Well, keep it pushing. Yeah. I mean, I've I've talked to people that have lost tons of money yeah. and still keep it pushing, or lose their company a couple of times and still keep it pushing. And I'm like, how could they do that? You know, and, and then, you know, I got put in a situation, no fault of my own, lost my clean company, had to start all over again or give up, yeah. you know? And it's just like, you just can't stop. And, and, uh, and it's just like, yeah, I mean, you just never know. And, and that's what I love about it. It's just like, you know, things can end up 10 times better. And, you know, there's a, a lot of things that go wrong, but it's just like you said, like about failing, it's like, I, one of the things I think that blew my mind is that they said that it usually takes 99 no's before you get one yes. So I took the attitude. I was like, let me blow through these 99 no's right. and be like, hey, would you like my idea? No. Okay. Would you like my idea? No. Okay. Would you like my idea? No. Okay. I'm getting closer and closer and closer, you know? So when I do get someone that's interested in what I'm in, 
boom, now you're on track, you well, know, and then you can meet their friends and your friends and all, you know, and then things start clicking, you know? And there's nothing more exciting in doing that process when you start getting some, like, maybe. You're like, yeah, uh, maybe. Because, <laughs> like, then your heart's, like, going, you're like, oh, man, I'm almost there. And then you finally get that person's like, yeah, let's do it. And then it's just, like, all that time, you're like, oh, so worth it. I, I really think that people, you, you got to just go. Like, you just got to, what's the old adage? Put the bootstraps on, just fucking send it. Like, it's. For real. It just, it really will change your life. I mean regardless of what avenue you want to go down on if you're doing it for yourself feel, nothing feels better than waking up knowing that you're working for you and that you're working to better yourself and your family and your community and you're not having to go do your grind for somebody else now granted if you have to do it so like i'm still on that grind but I'm, i see the light at the end of the tunnel you know and it feels great heck yeah and you that's know. what's up because once you find out what makes you money as long as that's making you money, that doesn't have to be your forever thing. Right. Because then you can then take that money and then invest into what you really like and then go off on a whole nother journey. And it's like, it's interesting that we both do paranormal stuff. Yes, I wanted to get to that. For real, because it's like, I, I love it, it being a photographer and videographer because it's just so different, you know, than interviewing people. Because like when we go um, uh, at Grow Mafia Entertainment, my wife's a psychic medium, so we have a paranormal show. Uh, shout out Stone Paranormal, um, and we're almost at 10k on Instagram. Awesome! For real, we're so excited because it's like it, you know, it was, we took it from a hobby and you know, and turned it into a business. And it's like, yeah, my wife has a uh, psychic medium slant to it, so she's great. Like she can read anyone, and like doesn't need cards or palms. It's just the energy. And but even without that, if she wasn't like that, I mean, we just you know would watch shows and we're like, hey, let's go do it ourselves. And we had no, we start off with no equipment, just our cell phones, you know. And then we got more equipment, and then we got more equipment, and then we started looking better and better. And and now we're doing investigations with other groups and stuff. But it, the the fun thing is like investigating with people, especially now during COVID, because there's you know not a lot of stuff to do. So it's funny when we do all get together and do that but being a photographer and videographer I love you know capturing stuff and then going back and reviewing it and then finding paranormal evidence because yeah. it's just like whoa <laughs> so I used to start out because like we just got done talking this podcast has adapted so many different times like so much stuff has changed changed from the you know the three years and one of the things we used to do was ask every person who came on is the first thing like what's have you ever had a paranormal experience and if so what do you think it was so i want to ask someone who's gone to places <laughs> what has been the craziest thing where you're like i'm pretty positive that was paranormal heck yeah and what do you think it was oh man um it's a great question um i would say so with our show We've been investigating probably, I think uh, we're on our third season now, and we par we investigate anything paranormal, not just ghosts, right. you know, anything. Um, I would say some of the, like, the coolest things before that, uh, before we started investigating, that led me into investigating, like from Florida, um, I've experienced things, and I think like um, some of the most 
prolific things I've experienced that really like changed my belief system is like in Florida, I know I saw a UFO that I believed was manned by probably an extraterrestrial or something that wasn't human. And the reason that I say that is because back in the day when I saw this, I feel like humans didn't have that technology maybe, or if they did that their bodies couldn't really survive that kind of speed. Because the one that I saw was above my house and my neighbor friend was with me. So I wasn't by myself. I wasn't hallucinating, you know? So we saw this, uh, looked like a UFO and it was going and then it kind of stopped and then it went from zero to infinity and was gone just like that. And I'm like, number one, I don't, you know, I'm just a kid, but I'm like, I don't think that we might have either had the money or the technology to have that technology, or if we did, how could the human body survive that kind of G-force, Right. No, you know? And then the second time I saw a UFO was um, my uncle worked for NASA, so... I love NASA. And so cool. For real. He would give me pictures signed by astronauts and stuff and patches. I'm so and... jealous. <laughs> Damn, that's so cool. For real. We'd go and watch the space shuttle oh. launch and hear the sound barrier and everything. I just loved it so much. And I remember one time I was at my house. It was like in Castleberry, Florida. It was nowhere near Cape Canaveral. But we could see the space shuttle going up and the trail of the fumes you could see something I thought it was a UFO was just like flying around, but it was just like zigzagging and doing all this weird stuff that I didn't think a human body could do. Cause I think nowadays, if you see a UFO, it could be, uh, driven or flown or manipulated or whatever by a human body. Cause maybe by now we've, you know, figured something out that we've could have replicated that. Mm -hmm. Cause I believe there's been, UFO crashes, not just from Roswell, but all kinds of different states and countries for tons of time. Oh, yeah. You know, so anything's possible, I think, in this day and age when it comes to money and technology. I mean, we got tons of billionaires out there that you don't think they're doing some crazy R&D on, you know, things they find, you know. It's like NASA, you think they're spending billions of dollars to come around and tell us what they found right you know what i'm right. saying <laughs> like come on now well so i had i had an experience myself when i was probably seven or eight uh with my father and uh we were driving just up here in bountiful and he saw something over this sky ridge over here and what we saw was like three lights right and they were kind of like all up in the sky and they were all just kind of like moving back and forth and then within a blink of an eye one just shot i mean my dad were like the hell was going on and then there was two and they were sitting there and they were going up and down but it looked like they were spinning because one would get brighter and then one would get dimmer and then poof another one gone yeah and then the other one sat there and it just kind of moved up and down looked like it was spinning was the best thing i could say because it would be like you'd see like a really bright side of it and then it would get dim and then it'd be bright and then it would get dim and gone and like ever since that day like you're like something's going something. on something like, <laughs> at that time it would have been like 2006 or 7 maybe maybe earlier we didn't have anything like that even drones weren't that crazy powerful yet 
So, I mean, I yeah. still to this day, me and him talk about it all the time, and we still, no idea. Yeah. No idea. Yeah, one time, me and my mom were cleaning a funeral home, and we had our cleaning company, and um, we heard a noise up front, and we were in the back, and next thing you know, we're cleaning the bathroom, and there was a roll of toilet paper that was on the toilet, and it just flew off. Like, it didn't fall off or slide off. Like, it just flew off. And we're like, all right, something's going on. And then uh, and then we started doing our three seasons and over the course of it, um, one of my favorite pieces of evidence was we were at the Mackie Mansion and uh, that was like a really big deal on Ghost Adventures yeah. and everything. And so we thought it was a great honor to be there and cover it. And then we ended up uh my wife made friends with the lady that runs the place and so the next year we came back and did a halloween seance in the room that the ulysses s grant and all of them would play uh i don't know if they i think they played poker and had meetings in the yeah. house so yeah we did the seance in the house and then we actually uh there were some vendors outside during the day and we did an investigation at night, so it's cool that we got to come back That's and do so something cool. like that. It was so nice. But the first time we were there, we were in front of a mirror that was reported to have uh, a headless person walking by. And so one of our investigators was, you know, hanging out in that area taking pictures. And then we reviewed it, and in the picture, like, he's standing by the mirror, and down on the floor is a human skull with no flesh on it, it was like a skull, and it casted a shadow because the light from the porch like hit it and cast a shadow. So I'm thinking it seems like the skull was physically there because oh, wow. how else would it cast a shadow? Right. And then, you know, a picture later it's gone and it's not even there. So it was like, whoa, like not only was there a skull there, but it had a shadow. So right. it... I think if it did have a shadow, I would have been like, okay, it's a phantom skull, but because of the shadow, it's like, was it physically there for that yeah, few that seconds? Had enough, if it had enough density to create a shadow, that means that it was... Like, physically that there. That gives me chills, man. For real. And I was like, man, I wish that was my picture. That right? would have been a new profile picture on Facebook. <laughs> so I gotta show you something. Are you familiar with Skinwalker Ranch? Up in... Am I familiar with it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I got a crazy story with that. So, like, my wife had just got out of the hospital, and we'd been researching it so much because I'm sure, as you know, if you go on skinwalkerranch.org, at the, at the time, it told you, like, 12 different things you could experience and the likelihood of you experiencing each one of those things. So we went out on the property. This was before they, had like, bought a bunch of property and locked it down hardcore. So, like we were actually on Skinwalker Ranch. So um, it was one of the most amazing experiences of my life because as soon as we got on the property, our electronical meter things were going off the charts and stuff. And we pulled over and this was like still daytime. And I hear two choppers, chop, 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 chop. And it's getting louder and stronger. And it was far away came right over my head and was gone and I didn't see him. What? And I was like, bro, this is it. And I was just like, whoa. So we get back in the car and we're driving on the property 
and then we pull off to the right and we're going down this road and next thing we know there's this white truck and it releases all these black dogs on us like five or six of them or something and we're like holy shit like they, they could have thought we were lost or something they didn't even care they're just right. like release the hounds mr burns type shit and so i was worried about the dogs because my friend was trying to back up and go another route without hitting the dogs but um thankfully we didn't hit any of them or whatever and so we turn around we go back where we're coming from and i see the headlights in the rearview mirror and they just turn the headlights off they didn't even come after us or nothing and then we go back on this there so we're coming across this water and this bridge and we heard that if you come across this water there's this area where there's these cthulhu babies that are crying and people would go to investigate and end up drowning yeah, in like three but, feet of water yeah so we come across what we thought was that area and we pull over and next thing you know i think it's the same white truck but from another route comes up in front of us and we didn't see him or hear him and the light out there is weird like when you're driving with your headlights the darkness is so thick that it's like your headlights just go like a few feet and then they stop it's weird i don't know how people live out there but um but this guy just came out of nowhere and he came out and we researched him later and the only thing people could find out about him is that he was like air force high security clearance classified and that was it not his name nothing and he came out he didn't have like a normal cop suit on he didn't have any insignias or nothing and from what i remember he knew my wife's name without him without us even saying it at first he just kept chewing on sun seeds and never spit them out and i'm recording on my phone the whole time right and we and he's not talking like a normal cop and he's like what are y'all doing out here and he was nice and we're like, oh, my wife is like, oh, yeah, we're here to check out Skinwalker Ranch. And he's like, it's right over there. And he was like, and he told us something. I don't know if he was threatening us or just having a conversation, but he was like, you're in a dangerous area. People die here. And I was thinking that he was referring to the Cthulhu babies or he's letting us nicely know, yeah, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and so I get back in the car and my video footage went blank black and it was still recording so i kept recording and then when we left later on reviewing it he looks at the camera and i swear i thought i saw two gold reptilian slits in his eyes and so i researched it and they say if you're into that reptilian stuff like the different color eyes or like different levels right. and stuff like this so I was like, yo, it seemed like, you know, he wasn't human, but, um, but it seemed like when he got in his car and he was like running our IDs, it seemed like he did something that turned off my phone from video recording, but it was still getting audio. And I don't know if he like knew that I was recording or something. Cause when he came back to the car and gave us our IDs and everything, he's like, yeah, you guys are fine. He's like, you're on public property. You don't have to leave. Um, and my wife was like, oh no, we're ready, you know, to go, right. we, we got what we wanted, we're good, you know, and he was like, well, you don't have to go, but I would go if I were y'all, and so next thing we know, we're, we're leaving, and I was like, hey, stop the car real quick, I, I want to get, um, some, um, moss, or what is it, no, sage, mm -hmm. sage, and we're on public property and everything, and it was, you know, so I got some sage because I'm like, I got a piece of Skinwalker Ranch. I'm taking right, home. Right. And we get back on the road. And next thing I know, like six deputy sheriff canine vehicles are driving past us. Oh, and I'm shit. sure they were, you know, if we weren't leaving, they probably were called in by that guy to 
you know, say, hey, you know. Time to go. Yeah, even though you're on public property. And then, like, um, a little bit late, I think it was like a year later or something, they bought a whole bunch of property around and pushed it back, you know, right. the security and everything. So I was like, damn, I'm glad we were, you know, there was, when we were as close as we could. Because we saw Skinwalker Ranch, there's the house, and we saw this weird big antenna thing. Mm. And I got some cool pictures of it, but... Yeah, and then I got to saw the Skinwalker Ranch movie premiere at Fanex yeah, with yeah, the yeah. producer. That was wild. So, <laughs> I'll tell you my... So, I went up to Skinwalker Ranch, like, four times. We actually live-streamed it. Wow, that's and sick. Weird as shit. Our footage, like... So, driving to there, it's like three hours away in Roosevelt. We wanted to stream the whole drive, and we kept getting cut out. Like, okay, whatever. We found a spot where we had service... But every, like, 20 minutes, we would just lose it completely. So our stream would die, and we'd have to start it back up. Like, that's weird. So this is a picture. I'll tell you the story before I show you the picture, because people say that we captured something. This was, like, seven or eight years ago, before it, making any content. Just me, my good friend Forrest, he used to be my co-host, my other good friend Chandler. We just love to go get scared. That's yeah. pretty much it. So we had, the, there was this website called The Shadowlands, which is like Utah's best website for like anything paranormal. It's okay. just like a laundry list of stuff you could go check out. Heck yeah. And we went to most of them and Skinwalker Ranch was on there. And this was before the movie, before the History Channel show, any of that type of stuff. Yeah. So we, <laughs> we pull up to that dirt road, like the infamous dirt road where it's got like the barriers and stuff, and we're parked. And... I'm driving, my buddy Forrest is in the passenger seat recording with his phone, and then Chandler's in the back. And we're just sitting there, we're like, kind of like hyping ourselves up like we're scared to shit. Because like, <laughs> it's like an Area 51 yeah, that you yeah. drive to, <laughs> be and up on there. We're kind of next to like some sagebrush and some bushes, and we thought we'd hear shit moving. So I panic, I'm driving, I'm like, fuck this, I hit reverse. There's gas out like just fast as possible and what actually scared the shit out of us was horses because i remember for my friend Forrest and i looked over out of our out of the side passenger mirror or window and we saw two pale white legs i just remember my heart dropping it was just a horse okay so we're like oh okay well we drove around a little bit more and it's like three in the morning okay well we're gonna go home so my buddy chandler's in the back looking at the video and he's like hey pull the car over <laughs> and i'm like why and he's like pull the car over we don't have the video anymore because it was on another phone we have a screenshot of what is on that video oh wow that was that's sick that was something and i can't tell you what that is maybe someone was there fucking with us maybe someone maybe there was like a fake something the other like put there now the one thing about it is you see how there's like this bar thing. Yeah, it looks like it's got a, that's uh, a ref That's a reflection because we had it on an old phone. So we had to take a picture of the old phone. Okay. So that bar thing right there is a reflection. But whatever that is and that is was in the original video. Wow. And we still to this day, like we've sent it to like UFO experts and different things like that. And everyone's like, where's the video? And we're like. It's on like three phones. We don't even know where they're at anymore. Yeah. And they're like, well, it could be something, but without the video, like, what are we supposed to say? And I'm like, yeah, I yeah. get it. Looks like we have some show stream. 
Let me see. I want to see. Okay, give me a second. I'll try and get it up on stream. Heck yeah. <laughs> but there's something about Skinwalker Ranch, though. Like, I've been to a lot of the paranormal places, and, like, you get chills and you feel uneasy. But, And I've never, before going out to Skinwalker Ranch, I never felt energy before. Right. Like, I, I, I know how, like, some people feel energy, like, really strongly, and they can, like, feel people's energies. But I never could until I went out there. And I always tell people, I'm like, it feels like there was someone standing on my shoulders the whole time I was out there. Yeah, I've read reports of that. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know. I can't explain it. Yeah. It just feels like, it felt like I was like three times heavier and like someone was like pushing just on my shoulders. Don't know why. Yeah. But it's definitely a cool place. For real. Yeah, I love it because... It seems like it's got a plethora of different kinds of activity. It's got extraterrestrial activity. It's got ghosts. It's got animals, you yeah. know, that get shot and don't die. You know, it's like um, there's just so many different things that are reported there. And it's like if nothing was going on, then why would someone that was affiliated with NASA go and buy a bunch of property and put a bunch of security on it and yeah, Bigelow hire, or whatever yeah, yeah Bigelow Industries and all this and like it's literally something that comes out of a movie and it's like how can you say there's nothing going on and, it's, and what's crazy is Skinwalker Ranch might be the heart of it but even though they got all that locked up it's the whole 40 acres that's you know wild like that right. so it's just like what is going on there is it you know some kind of interdimensional portal or some kind of gateway or you know something is going on there that there's just so many different energies and different kinds of entities and things that are going on in one area it's like what is up with that and is there any other areas that are like that you know like the bermuda triangle and devil's triangle is it like related to that or something like because it seems like you know you have your um your hot spots and you know, it seems like there's all these pyramids and all this stuff, but it was all on a grid line and it was all interconnected and woven somehow. You right. Know? Like, how did all these civilizations all say the same thing pretty much? You know, it's like they were all connected somehow. Well, and then why is it that, like, some of these ancient civilizations have so many references to something coming out of the sky with intelligence coming to us? sharing the intelligence and then leaving right like aztecs mayans native americans european like old european cultures you know stuff like stonehenge and the egyptian pyramids now granted like i know the engineers throughout time have proven how humans could build stuff like that but why for why? real what motivated yeah. them for 30 years every single second right to just keep building it <laughs> for real so here's the picture uh xl i'm gonna have to cover us really quick so we can try and get it to uh, i don't know if that's gonna be big enough for you guys to see it's a great piece of evidence so it's like it looks like something's standing there looking right at you guys. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's the picture. If you guys want, it's on my Instagram and Facebook. Feel free to add me. Everything's down below. And I'll 
it's there for you. <laughs> <laughs> for real. But yeah, I think that was probably the what I experienced with my dad and then the skinwalker were I don't I still can't explain it. For real. You know, and I it makes me question my beliefs sometimes because I don't really know what to believe in because like I see stuff like this and I'm like, well, what's reality? For real. You know? Yeah. Which I think are good questions to ask because it's like whether you want to be religious or not, you know, it's like it can help you. I think it can help you. I mean, if you know that there is an afterlife, you know what I'm saying? And and there is, you know, hopefully karma and, and things like this. And, you know, it helps you kind of like either say, okay, there's no karma and I'm just going to do whatever. And, you know, or there is karma and I want to, you know, be on its good side. You right. Know? You know, so... But I, at the end of the day, it's funny, you know, when it comes to religion and stuff. Me personally, I just like to study, you know, all of them and just take whatever resonates with me. Like, you know, I think that helps me become a better person. That way I can kind of put my shoes, you know, or my feet in people, different people's shoes, right. you know. And, and I think just where it helps me become a better person is just good for me. And I don't go telling anyone, oh, you should be, you know, this religion or you should only study one religion, you know, if that's what people, some people want to do, you know, that's, so you know, big. their life, their, their spiritual journey, you right. know, but I think with the paranormal, it's just kind of cool because it kind of delves into, I don't know if you want to call it religion, but it delves into the mysteries of what you want to call life and afterlife oh, yeah. and extra dimensional beings or whatever you know it's like physicists have admitted that there's like 12 different dimensions that coexist in our same space at the same time so like literally a dinosaur could be walking through here we just don't see it or feel it because right. it's on a different frequency and plane you know and so it's just like if that's true then where do we go from there right like, <laughs> well, the whole idea that time is a man-made construct so like is there a point where we as humans are going to be able to manipulate time or are there things in space that we're going to be able to go to that can manipulate time you know because science fiction that's been one of the longest running things is like oh well if you go in a black hole then you could potentially be spit out in an older reality or vice versa they really hit that on that movie interstellar yeah where they go through the black hole and now he's like 20 years in the past but he's actually still 20 years in the present it's like it's I think if anything, whether people want to believe in aliens or ghosts or any paranormal, I think that there is an importance for it because it at least allows people to question. Right. You know, and if you question things, it's healthy to question things. For real. You know. Yeah. You never want to stay stagnant with your beliefs, at least in my opinion. For real. I think going through communication, can we reach peace? So it's like... You know, for all the governments of the world that are fighting stuff and not releasing it. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, you know, if they make a billion dollar, you know, I mean, they, there's so much they can do with that technology. Yeah. Why would they let us know that it even exists and then where it came from? But, I mean, it's... It, you can only hide stuff for so long. Yeah. You know? I, I mean... <laughs> it's going to be cool because I think we're going to see in our lifetime the actual full 
disclosure. Yeah, because we're starting to get those tidbits, right? Yeah, like I mean, the official release from the Pentagon, like uh, footage of uh, fighter jets trying to keep up with the yeah. UFO. You know, if they're giving us these crumbs, I mean, they, uh, I've, in my research, because I love watching ancient aliens, oh, UFO yeah. classifieds, declassified, you know, any of those shows on any of these networks. I mean, uh, and it's just a proven fact. I mean, Area 51 was admitted to being real by, you know, government agencies and all these things that people think are just so crazy. It's like, if you think that's crazy, imagine about the stuff they're talking about behind closed doors that we have no idea yeah, about. Yeah, between like three people who have master clearance and we don't even know their names. For real. Like, oh man. Oh, thank you, XL Diamond. I appreciate that. What is that ranch? It's Skinwalker Ranch in Utah. For like real. Duchesne County? Yeah, Duchesne County. Have you I love of, saying that. Duchesne. Duchesne County. Have you heard of Dugway? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, we actually went and got some geodes from out in that yeah, area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love Dugway. I like to go out there. Like, besides the whole potential Area 51 duplicate or whatever, it's just a cool area. For real. You got geobeds, and then there's Topaz Mountain where you can dig for actual topaz and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I love doing that stuff. I'm like, I, I want to um, go for uh, our Stone Paranormal because we normally investigate, like, um, ghost-related stuff. But I'm hoping uh, maybe this year could be the first year that we could do like a real um, UFO investigation. Like I really one summer want to like go out and camp by Area 51 because there's some cliffs where you know you can be in that area. And if they're testing something or if it's an actual alien UFO, I mean it's wide open space in the sky. It's not like you got to be on the base to see anything up in the sky. Yeah. But it'd just be cool to just be around that area. You know, and, and there's some cool hot spots around the world that, you know, are like guaranteed UFO activity if you go there. So it's like, I'm hoping we could, you know, that'd be a really cool goal and accomplishment. Oh, yeah. You know, if we could catch like some UFO stuff on tape, because it'd be like, I told you. Yeah, I've been saying this whole time. <laughs> I actually went and did the Raid Area 51 stuff. Oh, really? You yeah. went to that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How was that? Yeah. Now I'm jealous. I'm like, yeah. I want to be a part of that. <laughs> it, it was interesting. So we drove out the the Friday, and we got there like super late, and we were tired. So we decided to go stay in Vegas for the night. And then we went out and spent the whole next day and night out there. Um, I, you know, cool and dumb at the same time cool because it was like everyone out there was there because they are either memers or they really believe in alien stuff yeah but it was kind of silly because at least where we were at we were at we went and parked and stayed where the little alien inn is at heck yeah and uh it just was like a bunch of people trying to sell shit yeah which i mean i kind of figured was gonna happen and you know but there wasn't really any, I don't know. They set up a stage. They were playing music, which was cool. Everyone was dressed up like an alien garb. And all that was sweet. Like, it's an experience I'll never forget. That's so cool. And, like, we went up to the gate where they had, like, a bunch of security and stuff. And, like, you know, talking to the guards. And they were like, oh, you know, 
they told us to come out here, but we don't really expect anything to happen. Like <laughs> we don't think any of you are dumb enough yeah, to yeah. get shot in the head. Right. We all know we could do that right now and, and, on camera and, and get away with it. And needless to say, it was highly intimidating because they weren't just like security guards. They were in army gear oh, and they yeah. had like the ARs and they were all holding it and shit. Like, but they were like smiling and joking with everybody. And heck yeah, that's cool. Uh, they weren't like dicks about yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure that first night they probably were because i guess there was like a they were bunch probably of surprised people. yeah the people were bold enough to do <laughs> right that. <laughs> um and then there's like when you're driving out to where that area is there's like this little pit stop where this it's like a shop a you area 51 shop and they have this big like iron statue thing and it's really cool but that place was crowded with people like vendors they had, like Arby's had like a shack out there for the day. Like it was just cool to see like actually what happens when something goes super viral. Like yeah. what transpires? Because I mean, there probably had to have been twenty vendors there. Wow. You know, big named companies like McDonald's had something out there. Arby's had something out there. Yeah, I heard some big musicians were kind of like supposed to come out there at yeah. last minute. You know, just. Because it is what it is, you know? I'm like, dude, what if that really got organized? Like, yeah. it, it, it could be so amazing to have a rave out there in the desert at Area 51. Like. That's what they were all saying is the plan was to start having an annual event out there. Yeah. But because of COVID. The thing that I was kind of pissed off that we missed is, I guess, right before we showed up, Riley Reed, who, if you guys don't know, is the P-star, because I know we can't say that word on Twitch, She's famous on The Hub. She was walking around in, like, underwear and stuff with an alien head taking pictures with people. Wow. And it would have been just so funny to be like, hey, I got this picture with Riley Reed at Area 51, <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> For real. Yeah, would have so funny. Would say that. Right. <laughs> but it, it was a cool thing, and I, I wish that it would have happened again this year just because yeah. I, I would have gone just... For real. It was one of those, like, weird just... It's clear out in the middle of nowhere. There's no one out there, and it's just everyone partying. For real. <laughs> Once in a lifetime experience. Right. <laughs> yeah, like there's possibly UFOs underground not that far away. Yeah. <laughs> I should have taken it more serious from a content creator standpoint, because I was going around just shooting the shit at people. I should have been interviewing people. Because, man, there was some characters out there. Heck, yeah. <laughs> we parked next to this dude who, I guess, that's, it's just what he does. is He lives out of his truck and just goes to events. Heck, but yeah. He was, like, pouring us whiskey and, like, these science vials and stuff. <laughs> and then when, like, every hour he broke out this, like, weird twist alarm. And started twisting it and like made this god awful noise. And he's like, It's drinking time. And he started doing it. And like, people would come running up and grab the whiskey. And I'm like, Fucking crazy. That's awesome. And he had like a, he broke out a bicycle, like an old, like, you know, like the handlebars are here. And he's cruising around. Just like, what the hell? Heck yeah. It's a good time though. For real. One of my best interviews ever was at a music festival at Incandescent, this last one. It was so funny because I was interviewing, a, um, uh, I forget what he would probably like call himself. I don't know if he'd call himself a flamethrower, but he worked with fire. Oh, cool. And yeah, and um, his name's Clayton Allred. And, and man, he gave one of the realest, coolest interviews I've ever talked to someone. He was just so intent and just gave so much good advice and everything. I'm like, man, out of all the places that 
you know, great interviews. Who would have thought here at a music festival, you know? Right. <laughs> that's, I think Besides that's, a musician at a music festival, right. you know, but... <laughs> I think that's the coolest thing about just the reality we live in now is, like, God, there's so many cool people just everywhere now. For real, and especially in Utah, there's yeah. so much talent out here from musicians to content creators to podcasters yeah. to uh, athletes, and just everyone out here is just amazing there's so much talent out here yeah it's i'm i grew up here my whole life and i used to like be like ah, i can't wait to get out of utah because i didn't grow up the conventional religion so i always felt kind of like an outcast but now that i'm an adult and now utah's getting to where it is now i don't, I don't see myself really leaving i love it here now heck yeah you know, everything's changing but positive way and people just love being here and all the content creators, like you said, are popping up and are actually making good, healthy content. For real. Yeah, it's amazing. A lot of people come out here for Sundance and love it so much to buy a house out yeah. here. And, and I, a lot of people, from what I understand, like, didn't know about um, Salt Lake City, Utah until the Olympics came yeah. and brought a lot of attention to it. And then people started coming out and just loved it and don't leave. And which is interesting because from what I understand, the Olympics is supposed to come back here in, I think, another like eight or ten years or yeah. something. So that'll be interesting to see what happens from that, you know. I wish I was older when the Olympics came through, but I remember getting up like, God, it was like two in the morning with my mom and dad. And we drove up. So Highway 89 is just like maybe five minutes from here. And they were running the torch on Highway 89. Wow. And I just like, I remember like I was a kid, like I was super young i just remember like oh that's the olympic torch but now i think about it, i'm like hey, i fucking saw the olympic <laughs> torch like the actual one like they handed that off and that's what lit the fucking whole ceremony like for real i, like, yeah, I wish i would have been older to be able to actually like really remember and like enjoy that experience but it was crazy when it came heck yeah it was fun that's so cool. At least when it comes back, we'll be there to oh, yeah. get it all. I'm interviewing all the athletes. For real. Like, can I touch it? Yeah. <laughs> that would be so sick if you got a picture with the torch. For real. Oh. For real. That'd be so amazing. Well, how about this? We've been going. Time always flies. For two, real. We've gone two hours and 15 minutes. I believe. Yeah. I'm like, I know it's been over an hour, yeah. but I don't even care. <laughs> so how about we close out with, I want to hear what your plan is for the remainder of the year and then tell my audience where they can find you like and all the different things that you're involved in so they can go and follow you and support you. Heck yeah. Appreciate it. It means a lot. Yeah. Um, one of the things I'm uh, really excited about is we just got the Caskey uh, Cash Money Records interview out because, you know, he's like a hero and an inspiration to me and tell him in our restaurant and for him to shout out our restaurant and our production company and everything. It was just such amazing, life-changing experience. Like, I literally had to spend like three days, eight hours a day just to reply back to everyone on all our social That's medias. So cool. <laughs> yeah, and um, I got an uh, interview coming out soon. Shout out to One Castle Pro, uh, RJ. Uh, he just interviewed me at the Leonardo on the stage where I interviewed Jackie Chan. Oh. That's so cool. For real. I'm like, what kind of full circle is yeah. that? Like, I haven't been there since it happened. And he was like, man, what is it like to be back? And I'm like, man, it's so surreal. And it was crazy because the stage that 
we did the interview on is where, you know, I got to ask Jackie Chan that. And then the podium that's behind us in the interview was the podium that Jackie Chan was speaking from. Uh, it was in a different room at the time at the Leonardo. So it was trippy that we were on the stage and the podium that he spoke from, we were sitting in right. front of. And so it was just so magical. And so that should be coming out hopefully before the end of this year. Um, and I'm really excited to get that out because it's just an inspirational story, you know, like how we talked about earlier. Yeah. And um, and just to give hope to people, and especially during COVID now, you know, we need more positivity and hope, you know, more than ever. So uh, check that coming out soon. Um, you know, we got everything is on uh, GME.com. Uh, we got our website. Uh, I think it might be a little bit longer than that, but the links on our Instagram and our Facebooks. We got Grow Mafia Entertainment Street Team. Uh, if you want to join our group and uh, keep up with you know what we're doing, we always need help. If you want, if you're a photographer, videographer, or someone want to be a part of what we're doing, just let us know. Um, and yeah, follow us on Instagram. I'm coming out. We got some awesome merch coming out and clothing line. I thought it was cool. I've never seen anyone do this. Um, uh, we're putting our Instagram on oh, our clothes. That's so smart. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah, everyone loves it because I'm like, bro, I'm always talking. I'm always posing in pictures. So I just be like, hey, Check follow our IG. Boom. That's so, that's so fucking next level. Because I've been looking it. at it and I was like, I, I was waiting until you talked about it. And it's your fucking Instagram handle. <laughs> For that's real. So brilliant. Got the bar code right yeah. here. Appreciate it. Yeah, I'm like, I don't, I, I want to like kind of, I was scared to kind of like wear my stuff and put it out so early. Because, you know, Shark Tank and everything, I'm sure there's a way I could maybe, you know, like, do a whole big thing off sure. of it. But I, at this point in my life, I don't even care. It, you know, hopefully people would recognize me as me being the one that originated it. Yeah. So anyone could do it, but hopefully it would be special for people to come to me to make their pieces for them. Because right. I'm an artist and I love art. And so I'm like, hey, if you're an Instagram influencer, I'll make you your IG clothes. Or even if you're not an influencer, you just want to promote your social media on your business. If you have a restaurant or production company or whatever, your podcast or anything. So, you know, I'm kind of premiering yeah. on your show, you know, a, a dream of mine that I probably should have waited. But I just want to get it out there. Right. Just, I just want to rock my own clothes. I want to make my friends clothes. I got a, a model friend that she was like, yo, I love, I had this one where I got like four Polaroids of me and she's like, I'll buy that and wear it. It's just so awesome. And I was like, heck yeah. That's you know, so, so awesome. I got people wanting to buy the shit before I even got it out. So I'm like, and I meet with so many celebrities. I got a, I made a prototype of a shirt of me and Caskey and then the picture of me and Caskey on my Instagram, on my back and I got him to sign it. And I'm like, yo, I already got Caskey. You know, I love he it. makes his own clothing. So I'm like, Hopefully one day I'll be like known for like being doing commissions of clothes yeah. for people. Like people are like, hey, paint this for me. Hopefully they'll be like, hey, make me you know this uh, sweater or this shirt or these shoes or these pants or whatever. You right. know, have my energy and my you know flair to it or whatever. So because I just love fashion, I love art, I just you know love it. So I'm like pretty proud of this because it's like I've never seen anyone else no, do it. Never, so. <laughs> never. I mean that's. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, that might be like, that might be a huge, huge thing right there. Cause I mean, it, and it, and the thing is, is like, 
if I'm looking at you right here, I'm just like, oh, it just looks like a patch on your shoulder. Yeah. So it looks fashionably set to be there, but then it's actually got your fucking, the information you need. Like that. <laughs> For real. And you can go to fucking events wearing that and just be like, oh, what's your Instagram? For real. <laughs> That's. And, and I'm getting rained uh, this week. I'm going like, like this is like this, but soon I want to get it like a, an actual sewn on patch yeah. and just patches everywhere. Like my IG, my production company IG, my cop, uh, restaurant, you know, IG. So that way when I'm posing and stuff or I'm talking to people and just be like, yo, follow my IG, right. take a picture of it on your phone, take a picture of me, you know, whatever, you know, so in that way it's just, and I don't know if you know about like tappy cards. Mm -hmm. But there's these uh, new cards that are going around. They're like business cards that you can put your social media on and you tap it to someone's cell phone oh. and then it pulls that up, right? Yeah. So like I want to put that in my sleeve and so I just be like, boom, follow me or put it like here on my IG image. Right. So when they put their phone to take a picture, then it pulls it up right there and they're like, yo, how did that happen? <laughs> like, that's, a, that's a hell of a conversation starter too. Heck yeah. Because you can just, you can even go up to people like, hey, you want to see something fucking cool? <laughs> Tap your phone on my arm. For like, real. What? Dude, I'm like, what the fuck? For real. That's smart. I got a whole bunch of ideas like that that I'm just getting ready to implement now. So I'm like, I'm really excited for that to take off because I think that'll be really cool. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> Well, and everyone listening who just heard where you can find them, I'll get all the links from you too. I'll make sure that those are all posted yeah, in the description. it. <laughs> um, and then if you guys are listening on Spotify or iTunes or, you know, Pandora, thanks for finally picking me up, um, wherever you're at, um, leave comments on what, if you want Chris to come back, obviously, but for real. if you want me to go out and do more things like, you know, trying to get involved in different facets because i i mean that's fucking brilliant. <laughs> that's, i'm blown away by that. that's that's gonna take off for real i'd love to make you your first one. Oh, i <laughs> i'll shoot you some details i for sure want one because i that's what i'm in the process of doing now is actually making my first like official you know t-shirt and sweater yeah because i know so many people and so many people that need their own merch yeah and they just don't know how or where to start or whatever so i'm like I would love to like be a person that could help, you know, musicians develop their merch or podcasters or athletes or anyone. Cause nowadays you got to promote yourself. Like you mentioned Gary Vee, like Grant Cardone with 10 X. Yeah. You know, I learned about him a little bit and it's like, you know, that's what I've always been about, you know? And it's like, you got to promote yourself. No one else is, you know what I'm saying? Until they do. And you build that audience and that following, Absolutely. you know? So it's like, what a great thing is you're talking to people and be like, Hey, follow me on my, you know, stuff. And that's how you build up your following these relationships and stuff. So it's like, yeah, I just love, you know, creativity and right. stuff and where it can take us. So yeah, y'all, y'all should comment, share, like, you know, let us know. Cause I mean, I would love to work with you in the future and yeah, maybe, you absolutely. know, bounce things off each other, cover events together and interview each other on the, you know, keep, keep up with each other yeah. and see, you know, how things have updated. What's been changing. For real. Yeah, I would love that. And I, I definitely plan on, I want to come down and, um, 
get some boba at your place because I just recently got into boba. I never knew about it until like maybe a year ago. Heck yeah. It's good. For real. <laughs> Shit's good. <laughs> we could even name a bobo after you have your own uh, podcast bobo. <laughs> sick. For real. <laughs> but yeah, it, what else can people find you at? Because I know Instagram and your Facebook are big. Heck yeah. Um, your website. And then where can they find the paranormal? Yeah, so we have a uh, Instagram and Facebook Stone. It's S T O N E. Usually there's periods in between the letters because um, each letter stands for something. Spiritual uh, teachings on natural eclectism. My wife should be proud that I remember <laughs> that. <laughs> Clip it for the wife <laughs> for real. <laughs> and um, and so yeah, um, Stone Paranormal. We have a Facebook group. And the IG, and then um, my wife is Empress Rude on Instagram. I'm Chris underscore Newhart underscore AKA underscore Superman. I think I'm up to like 45K. I'm hoping to get 50K by the end of the year because that'd be a dream of mine to be in the 50 and up club on Instagram. Yeah, that's a big one. And I'm trying to get verified before the end of the year. So. Hopefully, but if not, eventually. But yeah. What, do you know what goes into verifying on Instagram? Just for people listening. Yeah, anyone, because a lot of people aren't familiar with it. Um, the best way to go about it is you have to have somewhere between like eight and 12 articles written about you mm -hmm. or in different sources. So when you go to apply to get verified and Instagram looks you up, they see you in different sources so they know that you're legit. Mm. And, and so that's from what I understand how they mostly base it off of. So a lot of people think you have to have a huge following. You don't. You could have 1,000 followers and still get verified. Right. You know, so that's the key, the major key to if you want to get verified is you want to have like 8 to 12 articles about you before you submit for them to look into you. Interesting. Heck yeah. So while, you know, anyone that's trying to get verified, you know, try and, you know, get interviewed as much as you can and just save the links and everything. So in that way, that's something you can also submit to them and say, hey, here's where all my articles are as well, too. And obviously it helps if you're in like bigger things, you know. Right, so, of course. So, you know, always, you know, be on the lookout for that to not just advertise and market yourself but to also get verified because once you're verified on instagram that's a whole new yeah. you know doors open then because then people are reaching out to you and being like hey you know we'll sponsor you or promote this for me yeah you know mention my shake or my clothing brand or whatever whatever so and that's my main key at the end of the days you know if anyone we're, we're starting to uh, take corporate sponsorship now so people want to pay to have commercials and our stuff and you know, be associated with our Jackie Chan coverage and Princess Diana and all that stuff. You know, we're starting to uh, look into getting sponsorships so that way we can be like, hey, you know, instead of just drinking Irie Coffee teas and bubbles, drink Death Wish or, yeah, you know. <laughs> right, right, right. That's awesome. That's, because that, that is right when things really start, like, when you start getting those sponsors in. Oof. For real. That's what I'm waiting for because then we just get paid to live our life and, take that money invested into better equipment yeah. better marketing advertising be able to hire people and you know just do all the stuff that goes into that but i'm really excited because i know we're there i mean 
uh, between me and my wife, we have a combined audience of like 81,000 people from around the world. And our YouTube's almost at 4K. So I'm like, man, we're, we got the content. We right. got the uh, following. Uh, you know, we got the pretty much everything. Now we just need the corporate sponsorship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Well, congratulations. And, you know, I'd like to close out and just saying, like, I love what you're doing and I appreciate what you're doing for our community here in Utah. And, appreciate you know, that. I, I hope nothing but the best for you when it comes to the next couple months because, I mean, I really, I would love to see someone like you who's actually, who will become a positive influence on not only the community that you live in, but Utah as a whole. Because Utah, it's not that Utah has a bad image by any means, but we need someone who can represent Utah and be like, Utah's known for this person and this person because they do all these amazing things. And I really think that you would be a perfect fit for that. I appreciate it. It means a lot, brother. Yeah. And I appreciate you having me on your show and taking this time with me and of course. helping me get out, you know, my message I want to get out to people and this was really beautiful and I can't wait to do it again. And thank you. Appreciate everyone that follows this man. <laughs> you know, he's he's a genuine really good dude and Thank you. and I like being around real people so I can't wait to continue our adventures Absolutely. and see where life takes us from here because man once we get back to business I can't wait we go on a road trip and no. cover stuff and everything and start doing our own events I'm so that's excited. one thing I'm really excited for 2021 that like grow mafia entertainment we want to start doing our own events from music to paranormal to anything and everything so I just can't wait to hang out with all the beautiful people right. and just, just make magic, you that's, know? That's exciting. <laughs> well, thank you everyone for watching and listening on the other platforms. And don't forget, drop a sub because once we get to that point of being able to return, we always do. For real. Thank you guys. Have a good night. Bye.